suspicion of murder. Police want to trace a number of people who are thought to have run from the scene. A man from Luton accused of murdering his 70-year-old sister-in-law is due to appear in court today. 56-year-old John Evans is accused of stabbing May Evans to death inside her car in Trent Road. Mrs Evans had married his brother just six weeks before her death. A campaign group has criticised plans to put up anti-smoking signs in play areas in the Rickmansworth area of Hertfordshire. Three Rivers District Council was expected to give the go-ahead to the notices tonight. Matt Lockwood reports. Figures show second-hand smoking results in 300,000 doctor's visits by children every year. Health experts say it increases the risk of kids getting lung diseases, ear infections and sometimes even cot death. But the pro-smoking group Forest told us there's not a shred of evidence that stopping smoking in play areas has health benefits for children. They say the signs saying young lungs that play no smoking are potentially misleading. UN mediators at the Syrian peace talks in Geneva will try to move the agenda up a gear today and turn the focus towards the search for a political solution to end the bitter civil war. Yesterday's negotiations were described by the UN mediator as very useful after the Syrian government delegation agreed to allow women and children free passage out of the besieged city of Homs. UN mediators at the Syrian... Oh, excuse me, I've read that already. Uh, work begins on two major development projects in Bedford today. Both the bus station and the town hall are being demolished. The Agnew has the details. Bedford Town Hall has stood empty since the Borough Council moved to the old County Council building. It's being knocked down and replaced with a new shopping area called Riverside North, which includes a multi-screen cinema and homes. And nearly £9 million is being spent replacing Bedford Bus Station, a project that's been planned for the past 30 years. And the weather, a mix of scattered showers with clear or sunny intervals. Those showers will sometimes be heavy, with temperatures up to 6 Celsius. And get the latest news and Sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. This one's for you guys. Yeah, this is for you guys. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Suddenly it's Monday morning again. Are you as excited as I am? Are you? Are you? No. Lots coming up on the show this morning. As always, keen to get your uh, thoughts on them. Incredible story. We've been contacted by the neighbours of an elderly man from Bedford. Now, they were so shocked at the conditions he's been left living in, despite regular visits from a carer. He's been sleeping in badly soiled sheets for weeks, and it would appear no-one's been washing or changing him either. Do we always neglect our old and vulnerable? Weather's been quite nice recently. Maybe you've, you've had a little trip to the park. Nothing nicer is there than seeing the kids playing on the swings and the seesaws out in the fresh air. Well, sometimes you might see some of the mums and dads having a fag, sparking one up. And one council is putting up signs telling people not to smoke in playgrounds. Really? Seems obvious to me. you got kids, you go to the playground, don't smoke. And we'll speak to Justin Dealey about, I don't know, something. Himself, probably. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text. 81333. Start your text, 3CR. 
or you can give me a call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. This is, uh, should we play a song for one of my uh, top reporters? I would say this gentleman's in the top 10, top, top 12 reporters we've got working here at BBC Three Counties Radio. He wants his song because it's morning and because it's funky. He's in his uh, late 40s. Yeah, but I... 
Now, nine minutes past six, BBC Three Counties Radio. This is an incredible story. This is an incredible story. Over the weekend, I got to see some photos that were really just... In 21st century Britain, were appalling. Not just because they showed a filthy bed with badly soiled sheets, but because a carer had seen fit to leave an elderly war veteran sleeping in it for weeks. The Bedford Pensioners' neighbours contacted BBC Three Counties Radio, concerned that he's being left to live in squalor. And despite receiving regular lunchtime care visits, he's being left unwashed and in dirty clothes. It's a very sad story. Uh, Our reporter, Tony Fisher, has been looking into this. Tony, obviously we're not going to reveal the identity of this gentleman, as as, as that would be inappropriate, but what do we know about him? Well, um, the neighbours that you mentioned, I've spoken to them. They also don't want to come on air, but they have told me this about him. He's lived in this property in Bedford for 60 years, um, and up until a year ago, he's very active, independent. Um, Then last year, they say, it all went downhill, and he's had carers coming around for the last six months or so. Um, They say he's quite a difficult personality. That may be part of the problem. Nonetheless, um, it does sound like he needs help quite urgently. Um, I've been told that he never changes his his clothes ever and nobody helps him wash uh, he sleeps on the floor on two mattresses at the back of the house uh, which is near to the outside toilet in his rear garden when did the neighbours first really notice there, there may be a problem well it was on christmas day um and he wasn't feeling well um the neighbor he came round that day and the neighbor went round to his house noticed the seat sheets had been left unchanged and were soiled um then on tuesday last week so several weeks afterwards he knocked on the door and asked to be taken to the doctor's Um, The neighbour, Julie, took him to the doctor's. When the neighbour brought him back, there was a note from the carer saying, been in, um, pensioner not there, uh, all okay." And the latex gloves that the carer used had been tossed into the front garden. Uh, The neighbour noticed... They just chucked them in the front garden? The the, the latex gloves were just laying there in the front garden and with a short note saying he's not there, all okay." How can it be all okay if he's not there? Mm. Anyway, the neighbour noticed the bed sheets had still not been changed, so that's about a month we know for sure his soil sheets hadn't been changed. Uh, On another occasion, the neighbour went round and he soiled himself in front of them. Now, they say he doesn't understand what's going on and that he's okay with the way he lives. Um, He's told them he just wants to die. Mm, Deary me. So what exactly are the care workers doing? Well, we don't know exactly. They leave notes in the house, as I say, which read things like... He was in chair, gave him toast, had chat, all OK. All the notes uh, seem to end with all OK. And we have, a, we have a photo of the notes that have been left, and they do end, seem to end all OK. Um, all the notes used to be piled up on a table in the front of the house. Uh, then the neighbours said they would complain, and then all of a sudden the notes were suddenly removed. Um, this was on Wednesday last week, and on that same day they left a note saying they couldn't change the, be- the sheets, the carer said that, uh, as they couldn't find a bed sheet. I'm speechless, but someone who's had, uh, you know, their parent looked after by carers going to the house, I find this incredible. You have spoken to the care agency boss, haven't you? Yes, I have. Well, before she put the phone down on me, um, she says he was assessed by social services, um, deemed that he could more or less look after himself and that they would only provide a lunchtime call. Um, And she told me he won't allow us to get him changed or dress him or change his sheets. Um, She said he has a son in America... And she said they've now been paid an extra 30 minutes to go and buy food for him. Um, She said they get paid directly by him. Um, This is where the confusion comes in. She says the council's not directly involved, uh, aside from providing the initial assessment. But presumably, we're assuming that the council did 
contract these uh, well, this care agency there, there needs to, to, to be, look after him. There needs to be another assessment. She put the phone down on you. Yes, she did. What happens now? Well, we've contacted Age UK, who we'll be talking to later in the programme, um, and they have also been contacted by the neighbours. Age UK say they'll take this case up with the council and ask that another mm. assessment is carried out. Uh, the council, for their part, say they're very concerned about this and are looking into it as a matter of urgency. Um, and funnily enough, in since uh, we contacted... Uh, the council on Friday. Neighbours say uh, that they have been round a lot, social services, over the weekend, and he now has a carer, apparently, visiting three times a day for the next few weeks. But really, does it take the intervention of neighbours, photos and the BBC to make sure that this man does actually get some of his dignity back? It's great that things look like they're moving, but, yeah, very, very sad that it's taken a neighbour to go round their... She, this person may not have gone around there at all. It's taken you making a couple of phone calls. I, I, it makes me very sad and angry. And I, I've spoken to someone who works in the care business uh, whose father was in a similar situation and he's now in a care home, but he said, you know, it's a duty of care. Anyone, you, me, anyone, yeah. can re- if they see something like this, yeah. they can report it to Age UK, to the council, and, you know, it's, 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 it's a duty of care almost. If there's a carer going round once a day, and I've seen these photos... We're not allowed to put the photos uh, on the website for, to protect people's privacy and things like that, of course. I've seen the photos of the bed, as have you. It is disgusting. It is disgusting that a, a carer would go around once a day and think that's acceptable for an old man to get into yeah, and sleep. It, do- it doesn't leave much to the imagination. Two mattresses on a floor, a very soil sheet, and... Um, just a very, very sad situation. Tony, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Do we care enough for our elderly and our vulnerable people? Do give us a call. We'll be uh, talking more about this story later on. It's 6.15. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It is extremely icy out there this morning. Uh, we've got reports that there are cones on the road that have been being moved. So when they do say road close, there will be road closures out there this morning because of ice. Uh, Cooper's Green Lane is closed between Stanborough and St Albans, which will affect traffic going between Hatfield and St Albans. And the A5 is also closed between Weedenbeck and Toaster because of ice until they've gritted it. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. exactly. It's Monday, the 27th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Neighbours are concerned about an elderly man who's been left to sleep on soiled sheets at his home in Bedford. Notices are expected to be put up in the Rickmansworth area to stop people smoking in children's playgrounds. In football's League Cup, the fifth round will see Chelsea play Manchester United and Arsenal take on Liverpool. Footballs! The weather, cold, really cold. I mean, really, I mean, flipping cold this morning. Blimey! BBC Three Counties Radio. On 
Inside Out, we're off to Spain to try to find an end to the property nightmare that's left a Suffolk couple thousands of pounds out of pocket. We ask, can naming and shaming banish bad parking from the streets of Northampton? And we look back 70 years to the summer when Essex was targeted by Hitler's mechanical monsters, the Doodlebugs. The deadly dive of one of the 2,300 bombs that got through to the capital during the second battle of London. Inside Out for the East of England with me, David Whiteley, tonight, 7.30 on BBC One. He's gone to Spain, has he? Yeah, where did you go? I went to Hackney. I'm on uh, Inside Out, uh, I think tonight, the London one. I think it's tonight. I might, might not be. Um, and I, uh, He went to, to Spain? Yeah. I went to Hackney to watch a posh girl cutting open a mouse. I feel I've been slightly robbed.
Cherie. Is that what you're saying? Cherie? Cherie? Sherry, I don't like it. Omar Sharif, don't like it. Don't like a lot of things. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, and one thing that Omar Sharif certainly doesn't like is people smoking in children's playgrounds. Oh, I bet he does. Uh, it's from the 60s. Is he still alive, Omar Sharif? Six. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Call me now. Now, play areas across southwest Hertfordshire could soon get signs, yeah, signs telling people not to smoke in front of children. Three Rivers District Council could give the go-ahead for the Young Lungs at Play notices when they vote on the proposals tonight. Well, Catherine Boyle has been looking into this. Why is Three Rivers District Council doing this? Well, the council's concerned about the example parents set when they light up in front of children and they want to reduce the potential for children to take up smoking by copying what they see and their exposure to second-hand smoke while it's going on. So taking action where children play is the council's view of, uh, is one of the best ways to do this. They hope the initiative will also start a discussion about the acceptability of smoking near and in front of children. I'll give them that, yeah. And the council also says introducing smoke-free play areas is an essential element in reducing the prevalence of smoking in the district. A similar scheme was introduced in North Hertfordshire. That was almost two years ago and play areas have become smoke-free. Seems obvious to me. If it's, if there, if it's a playground, you don't spark up. Simple as. What risk does secondhand smoke uh, smoking pose to children? Well, this is the official line, and we will get phone calls from people disputing yes. this. And um, very few of them are from the Royal College of Paediatrics and Child Health, I would suggest. They say 300,000 doctor's visits by children every year are caused by secondhand smoking, and it's estimated to cost the NHS more than £23 million every single year. A while ago, the Director of Health and Wellbeing at uh, Public Health England, Professor Kevin Fenton, said the dangers posed to children by secondhand smoking can't be underestimated. The reality is that there are more than 4,000 harmful chemicals in secondhand smoke, and nearly 50 of these chemicals have been linked to causing cancer and when inhaled especially by young children who have more vulnerable respiratory systems they're much more likely to have a number of the uh, damaging effects including lung diseases middle ear infections or sometimes even cot death so as well as warnings like that, a US study found that passive smoking may also affect a child's mental development. Um, it found deficits in reading and reasoning skills among children, even with low levels of smoke exposure. We, and I know for a fact, and you mentioned this, we will get people phoning up saying there is no evidence that passive smoking, secondhand smoke, does Jordan any, any damage? Yep, and the director of Smokers' Rights Group, Forrest, would agree with them. Simon Clark told us there is not a shred of evidence that smoking outdoors poses a risk to children's health. And he also believes the signs which say young lungs at play manipulate people's emotions and give a false impression of the dangers posed by second-hand smoke to children. He says initiatives to protect children should instead focus on homes and cars. And we will be speaking to Simon Clark later on. This is interesting. There was a thing in the newspaper yesterday that uh, Labour, if they get in... <laughs> Um, they're going to ban smoking in cars that have children in. Mm. And I, it was on Sky yesterday, and I said, well, I think that's a brilliant idea. That's a, it seems obvious that if you're smoking in a car and there is a kid in it, you're an idiot. It seems obvious to me. Uh, I think but, a lot of smokers would agree. That's the point, yeah, isn't but, it? But no, but some people said, oh, no, you, you can't legislate for stuff like that. How are you going to police it? Well, it doesn't well matter how, how are you, you going to police it? Well, there it, is a point. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. It, it should, you are an idiot if you smoke in a car with a kid. Yeah, well, you can't go around. It's people's choices. Yes, your choice if you smoke. It's not your... I grew up with the, the dad who used to smoke in the car. It was flipping horrible. Uh, it's your choice if you smoke. It's not the kid's choice. They've got no choice. I think if you smoke while you are in a car with a kid bad parent. The thing I really hate as well, I'm on a roll now, the thing I really hate, mums or dads, generally mums, 
Pushing buggies with a fag on. Pushing buggies with a fag on, I think is disgusting. I think it's one of the most horrible, wicked things you can see. Pushing their little kitty, they got fag in one hand. Oh, look, it's almost exactly the same level as their face. Well done, you. Well done, you. You sticking around to do the papers? Yeah, go on, then. All right, then, 08459 455 555. I've got you under my skin I've got you deep in the heart of me So deep in my heart that you're really a part of me I've got you under my skin I tried so not to give in I've said to myself this affair It never will go so well But why should I try to resist When baby I know damn well That I've got you under my skin I'd sacrifice anything, come what might, for the sake of having you near. In spite of a warning voice, comes in the night and repeats, repeats in my ear. Don't you know, you fool, you never can win. Use your mentality, wake up to reality. Each time I do, just the thought of you makes me stop before I begin, because I've got you under my skin. Anything come what might For the sake of having you near In spite of a warning voice Comes in the night and repeats How it yells in my ear Don't you know, you fool Ain't no chance to win Why not choose your mentality Get up, wake up to reality And each time I do Just the thought of you Stop just before I begin Because I've got you Under my skin Wow, so say, say that again. No, I can't. Ava talk- Gardner. You're talking about Frank Sinatra. She had a lot to say about him. Um, yes. Uh, I watched the Frank Sinatra film at the weekend. Not all of it, because the kids came home and ruined the end. Um, uh, the Joker is wild, where he plays um, a cabaret singer who gets his vocal cords slashed. Wow. Slashed. It's quite good, but he's not a very good actor. 
wee fella, tiny wee fella, apart yeah. from uh, the Ava Gardner. The women used to go wild for him. Wild they? in the aisles. He, he was cheeky and rakish. Uh, there's him, there's... Because um, Dean Martin is more obviously yeah. hot stuff, isn't he? Yeah. But there was Frank Sinatra, there was Errol Flynn, and there was... Supply- Errol Flynn, another... Yeah, exactly. And surprisingly, another um, one is... Who's the fella that played the monkey in Planet of the Apes? Roddy McDowell. Oh, yes. Roddy McDowell. Those three legendary swordsmen. Really? Apparently so. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It is extremely icy on the roads this morning. BCH road policing have been putting cones out so there may well be road closures in place on your journey. Cooper's Green Lane is closed between Stanborough and St Albans so that will affect some of the traffic between Hatfield and St Albans. On the speed sensors, all approaches to the London Colney roundabout looking slow at the moment. And on public transport, Victoria Line have severe delays after earlier emergency engineering. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Jane Killick. Neighbours of an elderly war veteran in Bedford are becoming increasingly concerned for his welfare. Although he receives care visits to his home at lunchtime, his bedsheets have been left soiled for weeks and nobody helps him wash or change his clothes. A murder investigation's been launched after a teenager was stabbed to death in Bedford. The 19-year-old, who's yet to be identified, died after an attack in Costin Street on Saturday evening. A campaign group is criticising plans to put up anti-smoking signs in play areas in the Rickmansworth area of Hertfordshire. Three Rivers District Council is expected to give the go-ahead to the notices tonight. The weather, scattered showers, some of them heavy, with some clear or sunny intervals and a high of 6 Celsius. On to sport and in football, Chelsea are through to the fifth round of the FA Cup after a 1-0 win at home to Stoke City. They'll play Manchester City. Arsenal are at home to Liverpool. Sunderland play Southampton at home. Everton manager Roberto, Roberto Menitez welcomes his old club Swansea to Goodison Park. Hull City will make the long journey south to play Brighton and Hove Albion. And the other tie will be between the teams facing replays, so either Sheffield United or Fulham will play at home to either Nottingham Forest or Preston. Luton Town's leading goalscorer has committed his immediate future to the club following the 3-0 success at home to Nuneaton, which extended their lead at the top of the conference to three points. Striker Andre Gray scored a second-half hat-trick and says he wants to remain at Kenilworth Road for the foreseeable future. I already told my agent before that um, window open that I don't want to hear nothing about January. I said I don't want to see where I want to be at the moment. I want to get us out of this league and um, that's my main objective. we top of the league, I'm scoring goals and it can only get better for us. So um, me leaving in January would just be stupid, really. Like I said, um, I've got, always had one job to come here and score goals and get us out of this league, and, um, and I think it'll happen this year. So until that happens, I'm, my mind is made up. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's that time of the day where uh, Catherine Boyle, that's her. Yes. Yes. What are you doing with your face? I'm being intrigued by this story about posh boys. Okay. Carry on. And I uh, like to have a little look at the papers. And you, if you want, not you, Kelly. Um. Uh, But you, dear listener, if you want, 08459 455 555. Are the phones broken today, Kels? What's going on? I've had uh, three calls. From whom? Uh, One correcting the sport. 
which we've now corrected. Right. Another lovely lady who I spoke to. So what did she want? Uh, and Peter and Warmer Green. Well, what did the lady want? She was talking about smoking outside hospitals, but she didn't want to come on. Oh, for, right, OK. Can I lay down this rule now, dear listener? Call up. Come on the air. Love to have you on. It's the best way of doing uh, this kind of show, the best way of dealing with these issues. Don't phone up for a chat with Kelly Betts. Well, you can. Well, no, you can't. Well, I'm not really doing anything else. No, you've got lots to do. Um, that kettle's not boiling, for example. That's true. Good so, point, good point me- well made. Yeah, I'm like that. Thank you, Kelly. Don't fo- do we get this a lot, don't we, Catherine? People yeah. phoning up saying, they, they say what they want to say. They usually make a, we have a really lovely chat for about ten minutes yep. as I watch the phone lines light up and then one by one go out while I'm being intrigued by this. And usually it's a great point. And great I'm thinking, point. OK, so what's your phone number? Oh, I don't want to come on. No, come on now. Listen, this isn't... We're not the Samaritans here. Although, you know, fair play, we, we, we can help from time to time. But uh, if you call up, come on the come on the air. What are you scared of? 08459 four double five five double five. i 
That's got to be one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life. Oh, I thought it was quite jazzy. It was I awful. I don't believe that you think that's one of the worst. I really, I really do. you like. <laughs> I need to clean out my uh, my listening palette with something decent. You need to clean out your ears. Someone sent us... I've not seen this yet on Twitter. Have you seen this? Someone sent us the uh, 1982 disco version no. of The Singing Nun. <laughs> Wasn't that what we just played? <laughs> no! There is a 1982 disco version. I'll see if I can bring it in tomorrow. I'll try and uh, download it legally. Don't, don't worry. No, it's worry. fine. I don't mind doing this. Hey, listen, I've just been reminded that um, in October of last year... 2013. Wow, who would ever thought we'd live long enough to say that 2013 was last year? Uh, Asda, the uh, store, trialled a thing, the 3D printers. You could go in, get yourself scanned, or your cat, or um, your kids, or whatever, and they would make a 3D model of you. Are they still doing that? Does anybody know? Because I would love to get that done. I've got the kids this afternoon. I'm happy to take them to Asda. It's the closest we're going to get to having action figures made of us. Oh, man. My friend who's been in a movie has an action figure of him. Does it look like him? Yeah, it does. He's re- <laughs> he has an action figure of him and his kid plays with it. Oh, that's weird. I wouldn't let my children play with an action figure of me. That's weird. But did it get 08459 455 555. Maybe we could go and get um, Breakfast Crew. They make me say um, Action figures of ourselves. Yeah. Kels? If you want. Oh, for goodness sake. Yours won't take on much plastic. But um, bumps. She's <laughs> tiny. Uh, if anyone knows if they still do if Azra is still doing this because I would love I've got the boys this afternoon I can't think of anything better to do apart from doping them up with uh, cowpod and letting them sleep for five hours oh no a, don't even joke I can't think of anything better I'd rather do with them than go and get um, little figurines made of it's them it's always thrilling for an under five year old as well to do that kind of thing it's, it's always thrilling let's just they're going to be totally just, bored let's just analyse that sentence it's always thrilling for an under five year old to go and do that kind of thing it's I'm always, sarcastic. It's always thrilling for an under five-year-old to go and have their body scanned and turned into a doll. When has that ever happened before? <laughs> oh, Ian, Sorry. you know when you play Big Big Batman, Little Batman? Yes. What does your other son do? Um, he... <laughs> well, not a lot. Although this weekend we watched Toy Story 2, me and the boys, sorry, not me and the boys, I was honoured to be in the company of Buzz Lightyear and Woody as oh. we watched Toy Story 2. They said, can we watch Toy Story 2? Yeah, OK, even though the disc is um, uh, very badly damaged. So the bit where they are going, they're trying to cross the road to get to the toy store to about 20 minutes later on, it just kind of judders oh and stops. Do they notice? Yeah, they do. Um, and they hit the TV. Thanks, kids. But they were dressed up as, bu- as uh, Buzz and Woody. What are you going to dress up as then? You need to get involved. That cowgirl. Jessie. Oh. What have you found in the papers? Well, this is interesting. Front oh, wait, 459, 455. Front page of the Times. Boys need to be taught how to treat girls underneath a picture of Valerie Triavila arriving in India yesterday. Oh, you see what they've Being done there. Scorned. Sex education should be compulsory at secondary schools to teach boys to respect girls, according to prominent campaigners. Um, 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 yes, I agree. They are concerned that they're learning a lot from smucky movies. OK, OK. Well, then you girls need to learn. And I, I agree that boys do need to learn a little bit of respect for uh, women and women's parts. But then you girls need to learn how not to lead us on, how not to be bitchy and how not to be manipulative with your emotions. I think there is an element of that that is true. Correct, thank you. Which hurts me to say. Yeah. 
But, you know, there's a lot of girls out there sleeping in Playboy Bonnie bedrooms who are aspiring to be the that sort of person and they don't realise that having a bit of substance about you will um, mean that you're treated differently. There was a story last week. We've moved on from that now. Don't you think? Uh, we've moved on from that. Don't you think, though? But we've moved don't on. Don't you think, though? But we've moved but don't on. Don't you think that, though? I am the victim. Of? That's not me. This is uh, uh, after business owner is cleared of... So there's a fella who... Um, he beat up two robbers that came into his house, OK? He went to court. Oh, yes, I know. 20 minutes, the jury said, hey, he's innocent. Let him go. This is the one who left the guy in two casts. Yeah. Well, the fellow who's in two casts is, um, is now saying, I'm the victim. Oh. A shameless thief last night blasted the justice system for letting him down after the victim who battered him was cleared. Jobless Kevin Green, 53, suffered two broken legs and a broken arm when Andrew Woodhouse attacked him and his son-in-law as they fled his tyre yard with stolen diesel. But despite a jury taking less than 20 minutes to clear the company director Andrew of GBH with intent, Green moaned last night, No one understands the pain and suffering I've been through because of that man. I can't go fishing or walk the dogs now. I can't leave the house. He went at me like a madman, hitting me with a stick. Well, over 50 quid's worth of diesel. I still have nightmares about what happened to me that night. You could be in EastEnders. <laughs> I could be. That was a good voice, isn't it? I it forgot was, I could do I that like voice. Um, shut up. Not you, Kelly. Thanks. That was a good point you made. Well made. This fella, shut up. You shouldn't have gone and tried to... I'm, I'm in a bit of a mood today. This fella... Uh, I, I'm not saying we should batter criminals, we should batter crooks. I don't think that. But the fella was looking after his own property. Well done, him. Tough luck, you. Go and get a job. A teenage burglar left an apology on his victim's computer. A court heard. What? So he left the computer. What? Jacob Ali wrote, sorry, I need the money, after stealing keys, a USB stick and a screwdriver. That's an astonishing list of swag. <laughs> what did you get? What did you get? I got a screwdriver and some keys. Go. And a USB stick, but not the computer. He was drunk and tracked down by a police dog after fleeing the property and arrested as he tried to open the door of a parked van. At Gloucester Crown Court last week, he was sentenced to 12 months in jail. Silly boy. Why does so... This is uh, the Daily Mail, basically filling two pages. Why do so many people who have... What we need is a little bit of... Um, we need some Atmos here. Hang on a second. Here we go, Matt. You got any spooky music? I've got no spooky music. Hang on, I've got this. Not me. Not spooky. No. Why does so... OK, that's not helping. Why do so many people who've had a near-death experience describe hauntingly similar visions? Intensive care nurse Penny Sartori has spent years investigating them. Here, in part two of a special report, she reveals the stories of those who've foreseen the death of relatives and how we may be able to control the timing of our own deaths. What love of rubbish. So she's been listening to people's stories and writing them down. Why are people's uh, near-death experiences? You see the white light and the... Why, why, they're all the same because it's, it's an effect on the brain. It's obviously a brain thing happening. You're not actually going towards heaven. Why? Because it doesn't exist, It'd be kids. nice, though, wouldn't it? Oh, it would it's, be lovely. It's a comforting thought. It would be lovely, but it's such complete and utter guff. You don't near-death experience is not you travelling the long-lighted tunnel towards heaven and your relatives. It's some phenomenon going on the brain, possibly brought on by drugs, probably brought on by complete lack of oxygen that's just making you think that. that and your brain then rationalises what you've seen by going, oh, it must be heaven. It's ah, funny, we only, hear, on. we only ever hear the comforting stories as well, not the terrifying ones. I've been on those elderly people's wards and I know that a lot, a lot of the things they see are terrifying. No scientific theory has yet come close to explaining why a few people have near-death experiences, which can... I've just given it to you. It's a lack of oxygen to the brain now. Jog on, love. 
Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. I'm in a mood today, Catherine. Yeah, should we get some travel? Let's get some travel. We'll come back. We'll speak to J Dog, and um, we'll all calm down by seven. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cooper's Green Lane is closed between Stanborough and St Albans because of the road being very icy. That'll affect some of the traffic going between Hatfield and St Albans. The A1M southbound slow going at Junction 7 for Stevenage. And as you pass Gerrard's Cross on the A413, that's the Amersham Road, is slow as you go up to the A40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 6.46, it's Monday the 27th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Neighbours are concerned about an elderly man left to sleep on soiled sheets at his home in Bedford. The murder inquiry has been launched after a 19-year-old was stabbed to death on Saturday nights in Bedford. In football's League Cup, the fifth round will see Chelsea play Manchester City and Arsenal are going to take on the old Liverpool. In answer to Kelly Betts' question, it's upstairs in the bottom cupboard on the left-hand side. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, the Met Office has a yellow weather warning in place for ice on untreated roads and surfaces. That's valid until 10 o'clock this morning. The temperature across all three counties hovering just above zero at the moment. Some places we do have a bit of a frost out there where it's snuck just below the zero Celsius mark. So some of us scraping ice from our windscreen this morning. Now we have some showers on the way. They're not looking like there's too many heading our way, but we may get one or two. And through the rush hour, if they occur at the right time, they could turn a little wintry. We may get a little bit of sleet and snow mixed in there but eventually any uh, showers we do get will turn back to rain as the temperature rises through the course of the morning maximum temperature it is chilly today i'm afraid just six celsius 43 degrees in fahrenheit overnight tonight further showers some of those quite heavy accompanied by quite a strong um, southwesterly breeze as well now the temperature could actually drop a little colder uh, because of the clouds parting however predominantly there is a lot of cloud around overnight so it looks like we're all going to stay above and stay around three maybe Maybe four Celsius. So for tomorrow, those showers continue. Some of those heavy, accompanied again by quite a strong breeze. Maximum temperature struggling up into seven Celsius. That's 45 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. Roberto Peroni. We'll talk about your partner's annoying habits this after a woman filed for divorce after just one week. I, I know I, I snore and I snore badly, but I can't help it. Roberto Peroni. It's Friday. Why am I even bothering to go to work today? You've got to. You never know when a dome board suddenly appears in front of you and you've got to dive in. You need a lot of love, a bit of patience to keep a relationship going. Sometimes you have to turn a blind eye. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now this, this, oh, this is a song. I know. This is a song. This is an anthem. You don't get anthems anymore, do you? I chose this one. Oh, mate, thank Try you Try and so hold much. it together. It's a sad one. Um, yes. And uh, yet inspiring. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Let's keep it quiet for the next four minutes, exactly, as Barry tells us how he made it through the rain. We dreamers have our ways A face in rainy days And somehow survive We keep the feelings warm Protect them from the storm Until our time arrives 
things here at BBC Three Counties Radio. All the uh, announcements and decisions that should be made off air, we make them on air. We make those decisions on air. I love a bit of Bazaar. He's doing a concert. Uh, I wish, I wish, and I'm not allowed to do this at the BBC, but I wish someone would give me a free ticket. Do you think it'd be expensive then? Yeah. Oh. Barry Manilow tickets would be expensive. Really? Yeah. Lots of wealthy middle-aged women and uh, 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 gay men. They've got, they've got mo- the pink pound got money to burn. On fanilism. On what? <laughs> Fanilo. Fanilism? It's the pink pound. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Hey, up, Chuck. <laughs> hey, up, Chuck. Hey, rugby chiefs 
Oh, I think I saw this yesterday. Go on. Have been accused of going soft. Oh, this is ridiculous. By reducing the competitive edge for young players. They want schools and clubs to swap players between sides at half-time in one-sided games and ban cups from under-11s tournaments. Rugby Union's ruling body aims to cut the number of players who drop out in their teens by focusing on playing skills and enjoying the sport rather than the results. So no one can win. So they they don't... You can't have... This is for under-12s, Okay, Mm -hmm. I saw this yesterday. You can't... You can't win... What? You can't bond with a team because you're all on the same team. And you've got the, pl- the teams have to have mixed ability. Yeah. So you've got the... And I, listen... Good I, news for people like me who was always rubbish. Well, if you want to play rugby. Yeah. Not, so you're going to have the, the fat kids, you're going to have the, the boy with the, the milk bottles, you're going to have all of those things. There, it's, it's, uh, without, with the greatest of respect, survival of the fittest. It is the process of natural selection. If they do this now... 20 years' time, we are never, ever going to win another sporting event or another Olympic gold medal or anything. We will never, never win anything. Listen to Mystic Meg, powers that be. He knows. It's true. It's absolutely true. I'm trying to find out. We're trying to find Justin Daly. Justin's disappeared. Oh, he had something really good to say, didn't he? Why is it every time I go to a website, it asks me about cookies? I'm not interested in cookies. Not, uh, it's oh, cookies when they just start advertising things that you may have looked at once. I don't know. He's playing. He's playing Wembley Arena. Now, Wembley Who, Arena. Justin? No, no, Manolo. He's playing Wembley Arena, which is better than the O2. He's playing the O2 as well. But I would never go. I don't like the O2. Um, you could get really um, rubbish tickets for sixty quid. Oh, oh. I'm tempted. <laughs> uh, or, or 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 a half decent ticket. Don't they do a family special? You can get a good ticket for 125 quid. Oh. I don't know if I'm that bothered. Uh, I might just wait until the DVD comes out. Yeah. Rock out at home. I know. I'd like to go. I I, I do like you, Bazza, but I'm not spending 120 quid coming to see you. Anyway, we can't... We can't get just we can't get Justin to work. Basically, that's that seems to be the problem. Technical issues. The tech tech probs. Yeah, tech probs. Oh, okay. However, he is just um, in the hallway, so he could just come in. Do you want me to give him a shout? I'll go and get him. Go and get him because he's got a story for us. Can I borrow your dongle. You won't need it, Kath. He's literally by that door. It's just there. Right. Okay. I'll give him a shout. I can see him on the cam. <laughs> You're right, Ian. I'm really frustrated. Nice shirt. Thank you, mate. I'm going to throw this shirt away after I've worn it today. Because of what I just said. Partly. Mm. Don't throw it away. You could use it as rags. The pony? You could use it to clean things. Well, I'm not going to do that. We've got rags. But, you know, We've got dusters. You could just use that. Or you could um, lay that out and have a picnic on it. We've had a whole hour without any um, content. Content. <laughs> I mean, phone calls. Phone calls. Hey, up, Just What's going on, mate? Hello? Oh, sorry? Hello? What's, what's wrong? Uh, well, the equipment's not working. Oh, mate. Sorry. What's, no, I'm not, I'm not having a go at you. Wait, listen. Sorry. Where's the radio car? Where is it? Is it not there? No. Broke. No. It, oh, it got taken away because the power yeah. steering's gone. Yeah, that was apparently my fault as well. So what are you doing this morning, then? I um, don't know. This is awkward enough. Mm. Uh, you met um, uh, one of Britain's uh, leading light entertainers this weekend. What, yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Well done. You met Ryland, of course. I did, yes, yes. He was a nice man, wasn't he? He's a nice lad, yeah, isn't he? He's tall, isn't he? He's 25 years old. He's a boy. No, 25, he's really? He's a boy, yeah. yeah. His legs as well. They're long, aren't they? He's already more successful and richer than we will ever be. He could be a very successful lady boy with those legs. He could yeah. be. <laughs> he could be, if he wanted yeah, to. Yeah. Listen, you've got a story for us. You're, you're going out and finding out... Um, I can't mm. remember what it is, because you ripped it out of the newspaper. Well, well two things. Um, one's about shopping. 
smoking. That's the only thing that lifts you out of a bad mood. Yes, I like that one. But secondly, talking about smoking and banning yeah. smoking in uh, playgrounds. Yeah. Um, how many people see parents walking down a road with their children smoking? Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Friday I went out and I thought I'd find loads. I couldn't find one. Oh. Yeah, I know. Really? So do people still do this? Yes. Because, you know, kids uh, in, in pushchairs and their parents and they're walking down the high street with them and they're smoking a cigarette. Does that uh, still happen? Yeah, it does. It happens a lot. I yeah. see it a lot. It's generally mums, sometimes mm. dads, generally mums, pushing a buggy and they've got a fag on. And also, parents on the way to school with a fag on the go, yeah. in the car, the kids have got no choice, have they? No. Again, does that happen quite often? I don't know. We've go, got to try and find out this morning. Go and find these mm. people, hunt them down and get them to come and speak on the air. I shall do. Away you go, sir. Nice shirt. <laughs> He's taking them. I'm chucking it away. <laughs> anyway. Well, that was nice, wasn't it, Kat? Yeah, it's nice to have him inside. It's nice to have him inside, isn't it? Yeah. I do a bit so- like a feral cat. I do think sometimes he sabotages the radio car just so he can hang out. Well, it's cold out. It's, it's freezing. Oh, eight, four, five, nine. Well, we didn't really achieve much in the last 30 minutes, but we, we filled 30 minutes. Well, listen to Barry Manilow. Yeah. Worked out that we can't afford to go and see him. Came away feeling a little bit empty. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You can send me a text as well. 81333. Parents smoking in front of their kids while they're pushing a buggy in the car. And in playgrounds. Oh, it's awful. If you do it, give me a call and tell me how on earth you can justify your selfish behaviour. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. BCH road policing have been putting out cones because of ice, so there may be road closures in place on your journey. Cooper's Green Lane is closed between Stanborough and St Albans uh, because of the ice. And the M25 anti-clockwise slow going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. Also struggling between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, excellent stuff as always. Thank you very much. Coming up in the next hour, we'll be talking about smoking in front of kids, but also the incredible story of a Bedford pensioner who's been left in disgusting conditions. It's such a sad story. We'll find out more after the news with Jane Killick. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, concern over the care of an elderly man in Bedford. Murder investigation after teenager stabbed to death in Bedford and no smoking signs to go up in playgrounds in Rickmansworth. BBC Three Counties Radio. Neighbours of an elderly war veteran in Bedford are becoming increasingly concerned for his welfare. Although he receives care visits to his home at lunchtime, his bedsheets have been left soiled for weeks and nobody helps him wash or change his clothes. The council say they're looking into it as a matter of urgency. Tony Fisher has more. Neighbours first realised there was a problem when he came round feeling unwell on Christmas Day. After bringing him back from the doctors one day last week, the bedsheet still hadn't been changed. The excuse given by the carer was she couldn't find one. The agency responsible for his care say they're only paid to do a lunchtime call and he won't allow them to change his sheets or dress him. A murder investigation's been launched after a teenager was stabbed to death in Bedford. The 19-year-old, who's yet to be identified, died after an attack in Costin Street on Saturday evening. A 20-year-old man has been arrested on suspicion of murder. Police want to trace a number of people who are thought to have run from the scene. A man's been arrested on suspicion of attempted murder in Hertfordshire. Police in Crawley fired shots at a car to stop it and arrested three people. From Sussex, Angus Morat reports. 
It was just after 2.15 when officers from the Surrey and Sussex Tactical Firearms Unit stopped a vehicle in London Road. Rounds were fired into the tyres to bring it to a halt. No one was injured. Three people in the vehicle were arrested, one man on suspicion of attempted murder in Hertfordshire and a man and woman on suspicion of harbouring an offender. A man from Luton accused of murdering his 70-year-old sister-in-law is due to appear in court today. 56-year-old John Evans is accused of stabbing May Evans to death inside her car in Trent Road. Mrs Evans had married his brother just six weeks before her death. Work begins on two major development projects in Bedford today. Both the bus station and town hall are being demolished. Lee Agnew has the details. Bedford Town Hall has stood empty since the Borough Council moved to the old County Council building. It's being knocked down and replaced with a new shopping area called Riverside North, which includes a multi-screen cinema and homes. And nearly £9 million is being spent replacing Bedford Bus Station, a project that's been planned for the past 30 years. A campaign group has criticised plans to put up anti-smoking signs in play areas in the Rickmansworth area of Hertfordshire. Three Rivers District Council is expected to give the go-ahead to the notices tonight. The pro-smoking group Forest says there's no evidence stopping smoking in play areas has health benefits for children. In cricket, former Bedfordshire spinner Graham Swan has told the BBC he decided to retire from cricket during the recent Ashes series because he was playing so badly. Swan quit cricket after the third test. The weather, a mix of scattered showers with clear or sunny intervals, though showers will sometimes be heavy with temperatures up to 6 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Suddenly it's Monday morning again. How on earth... How on earth did that happen? I just don't know. I don't know, but... Lots to talk about this morning, including we've been contacted by uh, the neighbours of an elderly man from Bedford who are so shocked at the conditions he's been left living in despite regular visits from a carer. I've seen the pictures. It is disgusting. So what is the carer doing? And is anyone checking up on him? Do we neglect our elderly and our vulnerable? Well, one council is looking at putting up signs in playgrounds, in parks saying, please don't smoke in front of the kids. We need signs to do that? We need signs to tell us not to do that? Same thing with smoking in cars with kids. Smoking when you're pushing your buggy along with kids. It is disgusting. You selfish, selfish people. And whatever you fancy talking about as well, it's that kind of show this morning. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Trevor's in Hemel. Morning, Trevor. Morning, Ian. Trevor, right. yeah, I'm good, thanks. What do you want to say? That was just saying about smoking. I was talking to Kelly. Um, I mean, I smoke, and so does my wife, but we never smoke if we have the piss chair. I want to push it, and the other will go off and have a cigarette. We never, we got the same on a school run. Never smoke on on the way down, and 
uh, smoke on the way back, but that's once all the children are in. So do you do you smoke? Have you do you smoke in the car with the kids? No, no, never have done. Uh, what do you think of people who do that, Trevor? I think it's disgusting. I mean, it's your it's your choice to smoke, but I mean, I mean, I I do smoke, but if I'm no, I'm going to pick the children up, then I won't smoke in the car. But if I'm off like, in the morning, I will smoke on the way to work, but then I won't smoke in the evening. But you do know that um, when they do get in the car the next day, they'll still... I mean, it may not be necessarily as bad for them, but they'll still smell it. They've still got to stinking, sit in Trevor's stinky car. Well, no, because, I mean, I was smoking it during the week. They only normally go in it on the weekends, and it's cleaned on a Saturday morning. Right, OK, OK. So, it's all bad. And, and how do you feel when you see these parents pushing along a buggy and they've got a fag in their hands? It's horrible. It just, it, it's, it's disgusting. I mean, we, um, a friend of my wife used to run around in the car until she lit a cigarette up with one of our children in the car. And she's like, what are you, what are you doing? She said, I'm smoking. It's my car. So that was it. That was the end of that. <laughs> Didn't bother going with her anymore. Did you not, did you not say, look, we, we, we got the kids in the back? What? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Her own child was in the car. And she didn't mind? No. No, that was it. I mean, that was, that was the last time she uh, went in the car with her. It's so selfish. It's so selfish to do well, that. Yeah, it's your choice. It's not their choice. You're forcing it on them. So, you know, don't do it. Trevor, thank you very much indeed. 08459 555555 is the phone number if you uh, want to uh, give us a call about that. It's one of those things. I do think, if you want to smoke, fine. I, 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 I have nothing against smokers. Hey, I was one. But I, I just think smoking in a car with kids. Got the windows open. Okay, right, that makes it all right, does it? Smoking when you're pushing a buggy. A buggy? Those babies. They're babies. They're so precious. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Little sip of... Uh, oh, that coffee tastes a bit like... Um, um, uh, kind of uh, cumin kind of thing, doesn't it? It's got that kind of taste. How weird. Oh, wait, 459 four, double five, five, double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, this is, uh, uh, this is the story that's got me in a bad mood. I find this story, it's saddening, it's, it makes me angry. Oh, We've been contacted by the neighbours of an elderly war veteran in Bedford, concerned he's being left to live in squalor despite receiving a daily visit from a carer. The pensioner's bedsheets have been left soiled for weeks and no one helps him wash or change his clothes. The council, now as a result of this neighbour and of uh, BBC Three Counties Radio making some phone calls, say they are very concerned and are looking into it as a matter of urgency. Well, the chief exec of Age UK in Bedfordshire is Karen Perry. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Ian. Now, I've seen the photos of this bed. You've seen the photos. To respect the the gentleman's anonymity, we have uh, not posted the photos. I know also uh, that the the, the, uh, carers are slightly concerned about us posting the photos. They're awful, aren't they? That picture of that bed is awful. Um, Yeah, well, it does look um, pretty dire. Yeah, I have to admit, yeah, yeah. Do you come across this kind of thing often? Old people neglected like this, allowed, allowed, able to live like this? Um, it's it's not common. No, I would have to say it's not common. And and we when we do come across a situation where um, you know an older person or uh, you know a couple of older people are living 
in what we would consider to be, if you like, you know, below the standards that, you know, humans should live, then obviously we actually do get involved and we would try to help them to um, get in services and also to understand their rights and what they're entitled to. So, you know, that would be our first step with any any person that um, was referred to us or referred themselves because many people do not understand what they're entitled to so they may be living in abject poverty and in in very you know what we would think of unsanitary or unsavory conditions and and then we would start the process very slowly with them of helping them understand what they can claim for what benefits they can claim for what help they're entitled to maybe help them contact or contact social services on their behalf to um, request a social worker visit an assessment of their needs and and it's a very long process in most cases because people don't get into this situation overnight Um, you know it takes a while for somebody to get into this sort of situation so it, it obviously as you'll understand takes a little while to uh, um, encourage and help them to get out of such a situation. And that's the thing. What if uh, we've heard that this this gentleman in question can be a little bit difficult. He's not necessarily completely aware of of what's going on. And in fact, he said that he just wants to die. Mm. If someone is being uh, a a little bit problematic, Mm. can we make them do things? Can we make them clean? Can we, you know, can we force help upon them? This is, I mean, this is a very difficult situation. Um, I can tell you about this gentleman in particular, that um, when your reporter contacted me, I contacted social services, and um, I've been in contact with the Director of Adult Social Care, and I do know that as a matter of urgency that that was actioned within 10 minutes of my call, um, and this situation had been actioned. However, as you quite rightly say, some people can be very resistant. And at the end of the day, if somebody is resistant and that somebody has full mental capacity, whether the terminology is sort of full mental capacity, then they have a right to make decisions about where and how they live. Um, I understand that there is um, the odd piece of legislation that can be called into to help in these situations but it can be very 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 difficult to encourage somebody who has full mental capacity that actually wants to live the way they want to live and they may Mm. have lived this way all their lives um, to actually want to change and have a better environment and and to cope you know in in a better way with the situation it can be very difficult we have worked with clients of ours for a number of years, and it's not weeks or months, Mm. it's actually a number of years to endeavour to try to help them to understand that they're maybe not living in the best conditions for themselves and to try and encourage them to, you know, accept help because, again, you know, it's about dignity, it's about self-respect, it's about feeling that people are coming into your home and taking over um, and that's sometimes where a voluntary organisation such as Age UK Bedfordshire or, or one of our neighbouring Age UKs or indeed another voluntary organisation can win out because we're not seen as, a, as an authority figure. You know, and we can work in a, in a much less um, authoritarian way with a client. But yes, it can be very, very difficult, especially if they make a choice. Mm. 
Karen, you said you've spoken to, to adult services and the action's being taken. What, what, what does that action involve? Um, I can't, obviously, Ian, I can't discuss this situation or this gentleman because of confidentiality and data protection. What I, I think is, I can tell you is that I spoke to the Director of Adult Services on Friday evening within um, 10 minutes of, of trying to contact him. He called me back and um, I had another call from him later in the evening to say that he had looked at the information and he had actioned it and something would be okay. done that evening. And it, it's taken the neighbour to get in touch with us, us to get in touch with you, you to get in touch with them. There has been a carer going in mm. once a day. Mm. Shouldn't they have raised a warning? Possibly. Um, it depends. You know, as you said, you know, you, you've heard that, that this gentleman in question has been um, resistant to help. And it may be, you know, it depends on, on the care agency, on their protocols, on their reporting structure. You know, it's, it's not as easy as shouldn't somebody have done this, shouldn't somebody have done that. It is a very difficult situation. And if the, the gentleman in question has been resistant, then maybe the care agency, the carers have felt, well, you know, he's happy in this way and um you know it depends on their protocols and their mm. reporting processes if you know the, the neighbors were obviously concerned and they obviously highlighted that concern and you know something has happened some action has been taken i don't know exactly what that action is you know um but i know that action has been taken and i suppose again we go into this process as i've sort of described to you that you know you then start to try to help somebody um but again it's down to personal choice, personal dignity, unless, of course, there isn't full mental capacity. Then there is more legislation that can be brought in by a local authority to help somebody. But uh, it, it's very, very difficult, and some of these situations are heartbreaking, but extremely difficult to actually cope with both, on both sides, you know, both from the person themselves and from the people trying to help. Karen, very, very quickly, can I hear a cat purring there? No, you can hear my dog growling. Oh, OK. <laughs> I thought I could hear something. All right, I'll let you go and sort the dog out. Karen, thank you very much for your call, uh, for talking to us this morning and also for your help on this matter. That's the Chief Exec of Age UK in Bedfordshire, Karen Perry, who's got a very hungry dog there. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a very icy morning out there, so there may be road closures in place on your journey this morning. Cooper's Green Lane is closed between Stamborough and St Albans because of the ice. The M1 southbound is slow going between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road. Also between 9 for Redbourne and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 anti-clockwise slow going as well between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 7.16, Monday, the 27th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Neighbours are concerned about an elderly man left to sleep on soiled sheets at his home in Bedford. Notices are expected to be put up in the Rickmansworth area to stop people smoking in children's playgrounds. In Football's League Cup, the fifth round will see Chelsea play Manchester City and Arsenal will take on Liverpool in the football game. The weather cold with sunshine and heavy, sometimes thundery showers. 08459 455555. Peter and Dennis, stay there. We'll come to you after a bit of this. BBC Three Counties Radio. The 
Six Nations. It's not just about rugby. It's about rivalry. Everything riding on this game. Lose, you're staring at the abyss. It's about nations. A bit of pride there. That's what they're living off at this moment in time. Your nation. Into the corner! Magnificent victory! Because our fiercest rivals are those who are closest. A monumental game for the nation. This is hard-edged rugby. The Six Nations starts next Saturday afternoon across the BBC. Uh, Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. Peter, what have you got for us? I just wanted to say that when uh, people are sometimes in hospital, elderly people, yeah. and they get a package when they... Uh, they work out a package, because if it's a vulnerable person, they work out a package. Care for, package, yeah. But the if you want one, just one hour of cleaning services, really... The, it's over £17 last yeah. year, and uh, elderly people who are pensioners haven't got that sort of money anyway to, to add for one hour of services, and uh, there's so many vulnerable people out there now, and you, I, I think we're losing sight of the fact that there's huge problems with the elderly at the moment. I mean, I'm elderly myself, but they seem to make a break-off point of about 75 well, they kind of give up on you, is that what you're well, saying? Well, yeah, I mean, I run bowl sessions for people over 90. Well, you run what sessions? I run bowl sessions for people who are over, up to over bowls? 90. Help Fan- to run them. Fantastic. And, uh, they can't play bowls if they're 90 years old, Peter. They can't pick the things up or bend oh, over. Oh, oh, certainly can, certainly can. By the way, I know someone who drives is 99. Oh, <laughs> you, whoa, 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 now you've just crossed, you've got, we've entered the lexicon there. You, there is a 99-year-old driver... Oh, yeah. Man he, or woman? He's grown since he was 17. Ban, he must be tired. Ban him. He's Ban ba- him. No, he... Take his licence, take, take his keys, he's, Peter, and throw he, them as he, far he, as you can. Should be about two foot. You don't, you don't, we'll kill him. <laughs> oh, well, don't kill him. I don't, I don't <laughs> no, that, 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 no, he's very competent, actually. He's still competent. Oh, dear. I, I do he, think over 75, you shouldn't drive. He walks up and down the bowling green quite happily. Yes, what, in the middle of a game? Hey, get off the bowling green. We're playing, for goodness sake. No, up and down, Where's up Mikhail? and down as you bowl. Yeah, OK. And uh, people are, people are, uh, got a fixation about over 75. Right through from National Health Service to... I'm not convinced about driving at 99, but uh, you're right, you're right. We do need to take more care of, uh, we need to look after our old people and our young. Well, well it's going to be looking after you as well, remember? Yeah. Oh, exactly. In the future. Exactly, Peter. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. I'm not convinced about a 99-year-old gentleman driving a car, though. Dennis, you're, you, you don't drive now, do you? No, I don't. The car wasn't fast enough, so I got rid of it. Bloody. What do you want to say? I'm going to say anything. I'm just saying you ruined my Monday, as usual. Sorry? You've ruined my Monday. How have I ruined your Monday? By giving because, you this gold? No. I should be on Radio 4, for goodness sakes, and I'm allowing myself to come broadcast to the three counties yeah, to talk to you, Dennis. You're having to beg at the moment to get people to ring in. No. He's been very quiet on the phone, no, yes, no. I'll give you that. What you've done is you've ruined my expectations when I die. Oh. Now, I was looking forward to going up this this uh, lighted thing. Yes. God knows what was the fact. But <laughs> the now I'm going to have to take a torch with me. Yeah. Listen. Because you said it's not, it's not working. There's a, st- there's a story in the mail, I think it is today. I, know, I there's get a, the mail regularly. Uh, the woman has written a book about people's near-death experiences when they, they're nearly dying and they go up a, a tunnel of light. That's right. It doesn't happen. How it, do you know? Have it, you been? No, because... It, I, tell you, I tell you why. Because when you die, Dennis, that's it. Game over. No more credits. The light switches off. You are gone. Oh, well, you've ruined that. 
the illusion, you see. Now, because I was going up there thinking, these people who go up there and expect 50 virgins waiting for them, they're going to be too tired to service them all, so I was going to get That's the That's the Muslims! I was going to get the leftovers. I don't care what religion they are. It says here, um, in the second case, a woman in her 40s called Laura was holding her mother's hand as she started slipping into a coma. Then suddenly, Laura said, her mother rose from her bed and began walking away. After one pace, she turned around. She looked so happy and well, said Laura. Then she said, go back now. It's not your turn. Oh, it's wishful thinking. It's wishful thinking, Dennis. Oh, no, no, don't don't ruin it for me. So I, I was looking forward to the leftover 15th. Well, it's, it's not, Dennis, it's the leftovers, dear me. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now, uh, parks, parks, playgrounds. You know the playgrounds in parks. You got your swings, you got your slides, you got your roundabouts, all of those kind of things. Well, uh, Southwest Hertfordshire could soon be putting signs up telling adults not to smoke there. Three Rivers District Council will decide whether to give the green light to the young lungs at play notices. We need signs telling people not to smoke there. Well, joining me now is Andrea Crossfield, Chief Executive of Tobacco Free Futures, which campaigns to make smoking history for children, and also Simon Clark, the Director of Smokers' Rights Group Forest. Good morning to both of you. Morning, Good morning, Ian. Uh, Andrea, what do you think about uh, the, the plans like this, Young Lungs at Play? It seems odd to me that you'd even need to have signs up near a playground. Well, it's something that the public really engage with and support. And, you know, the signs are important because um, they, they make... Uh, interventions like this work really well because they enable members of the public um, to enforce this and make it work. We've um, seen many schemes like this and they're really popular with the public because in playgrounds people want to protect children and you know if there are other parents smoking then people if there are signs there will just say to them well look this is a playground and you know we really want this to be a smoke free place so would you mind not smoking? This is about protecting children and young people and you know the vast majority of people support this you know including the vast majority of smokers well let's ask simon simon you've got to agree that smoking in a playground when there's going to be kids that's a bad idea isn't it well i don't know about a bad idea i mean i I do take issue when andrea says we've got to uh, protect kids when they're in the open air i mean that's what we're talking about we're talking about the open air we're not talking about a small enclosed space and so i don't have any great problems with these sort of signs. I just think they're unnecessary because I'd like to see any research that shows how many people do actually sort of light up in a play area. I think you'll find it's a very, very small number. So I think this is more about denormalizing smoking, denormalizing smokers, making smokers feel guilty. I don't think it's got anything whatsoever to do with protecting children because, as I say, we're talking about smoking in the open air. Well, we do know that um, people do smoke sometimes in playgrounds, and um, and it, it isn't just about second-hand smoke. You know, there is some evidence that smoking outside, um, you know, can harm people, but it's about modelling. Oh, nonsense, and, Andrea. You, know, look, look, course, look, you can't make statements like that without coming up with any evidence. And, um, you know, this is about modelling smoking. And, you know, young children really love to copy their parents, their grandparents, the other adults around them. And so when young people see people smoking, then they will copy them. And that's why in just, you know, in these areas where children are playing, we don't want to see adults smoking. We don't want to see cigarette butts. Simon, and you come. Simon, and you come. Well, it's just nonsense to say that children copy complete strangers. Yes, I, I, I accept that they copy members of their own family, 
but they're going to see members of their own family smoking in and around the home anyway. So signs like this are going to make absolutely no difference if you grew up in a household where uh, uh, your parent your uncle or aunt smoke this is say it's all designed to yet again make smokers feel guilty but smokers have every right to smoke in some areas and the point i mean i'm 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 not encouraging people to smoke in uh, uh, children's play areas and i say i come back to this thing what actual evidence do we have for the number of people who do in this day and age light up in a children's play area i think you'll find it's a very very small number and just going back to this business of where people can smoke my concern is that we start off with having these signs in play areas, then suddenly we'll find that they cover the entire park. Suddenly they'll be on beaches as well. I mean, where is this going to stop? But we do have a right to smoke somewhere. Simon, we do know that second-hand smoking does pose risks to children, don't we? I think you've got to be on the side of caution when smoking in a small enclosed space, like the, the home or a car. But I think most people are aware of that these days. The Royal College of... Let me give you some numbers. The Royal College of Paediatricians and Child Health says 300,000 doctor visits by children every year are caused by second-hand smoking. Well, I do dispute those figures. You dispute the figures from the Royal College of Paediatrics and Child Health? They're just part of the tobacco control movement. And I'm afraid, sadly, I'm very sceptical about a lot of the figures that are pumped up by by tobacco control. A few years ago, we were told that there were 11,000 deaths of non-smokers every year as a result of passive smoking. There's never been a shred of hard evidence to suggest that the case. But let's go back to this issue. We are talking about smoking in the open air. And I really think we've got to get a grip here and tell people who want to constantly have a go at smokers, look, you know, smoke in the open air, you're not harming anybody else whatsoever. Well, I mean, can I come in here yes, in please and do, say Andrea. that, um, you know, one of the greatest successes we've seen has been the smoke-free legislation, and we've seen a, a really dramatic reduction in the number of heart attacks um, as a result of smoke-free legislation. And we've seen a, a Surgeon General's report um, from the U.S. just last week, um, which has linked secondhand smoke to strokes as well as heart attacks. And, um, you know, it is really important that we don't smoke around children, um, you know, or other adults too, um, in homes or in cars. And, you know, this intervention um, around playgrounds, um, you know, is supported by the public. Um, you know, over 80% of the public do really support Andrea, are we like this. Are we victimising you know, smokers, do you think? Sorry? Are we victimising smokers, Andrea? No, I really don't think so. I, you know, I, I, you know, we've done some work around secondhand smoke, and we've we've talked, we've done some community engagement work, um, and you know, over ninety-two percent of people really support um, smoke-free parks and playgrounds. So, you know, this is it, it's absolutely the vast majority of people want to see. Um, local authorities working together, um, you know, as they're doing across Hertfordshire, the county council and the district councils working together, um, engaging together to really tackle the issue of of smoking. And, you know, whether or not you smoke, um, and let's not forget that uh, more than two-thirds of people who smoke really want to quit because, you know, it's something that kills one in two smokers. Can I just make a point? Andrew, you, you know, made lots of points. If 92% of people support smoke-free parks and play areas, and I'm not against smoke-free parks and play areas, but if that number of people support them, it suggests to me that very, very, very few people are actually lighting up in a play area. So why on earth do we need signs? 
So, listen, we're running out of time. Simon, very quickly, uh, if Labour get into power, they've said they're going to ban smoking in cars with children. What do you think about that? Well, again, I think it's complete and utter nonsense because the vast majority of parents wouldn't dream of lighting Oh, come on, lots of... I've seen people do it. You've seen people do it, Simon. Come on. Very few people these days. And I'm always in favour of education rather than coercion, rather than legislating. They should be punished, shouldn't they? They're smoking in a a car with their kids. How on earth, Ian, would you enforce legislation without actually banning smoking in all cars, irrespective of whether a child's present? And the idea that you might actually end up uh, stopping a, a lone adult in his own car from smoking a cigarette I think it's absolutely not utterly nonsense. Simon, we have to end it there. We're out of time. Thank you very much indeed. Simon Clark, Director of Smokers' Rights Group Forest. And the other voice you heard there was Andrea Crossfield, Chief Exec of Tobacco Free Futures. Well, you've heard both sides of the arguments. It's your time now. Your turn. 08459 455 555. Smoking in parks, playgrounds in particular, smoking in cars with kids in. And also, oh, those trashy parents that push a buggy while they've got a fag on. Disgusting. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound is slow going between Junction 9 for Redbourne and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 anti-clockwise also going slowly between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. The A1M southbound struggling between 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. Very icy out there this morning, so there may be road closures in place on your journey today. And on public transport, First Capital Connect and East Midlands trains have possible delays of up to 20 minutes between Bedford and St Pancras after a signalling problem. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Jane Killick. Neighbours of an elderly war veteran in Bedford are becoming increasingly concerned for his welfare. His bedsheets have been left soiled for weeks and nobody helps him wash or change his clothes despite care visits to his home. A murder investigation's been launched after a teenager was stabbed to death in Bedford. The 19-year-old died after an attack in Costin Street on Saturday evening. A man has been arrested on suspicion of attempted murder in Hertfordshire. He was in a car stopped by armed police in Crawley who shot out the tyres to bring it to a halt. The weather, scattered showers, clear or sunny intervals and a high of 6 Celsius. On to sport and in cricket, former Bedfordshire spinner Graham Swan has told the BBC he decided to retire during the recent Ashes series because he was playing so badly. Swan quit cricket after the third test and said it was a difficult decision to come to. Quite simply, I was awful. It gets to a point when you realise that you're hindering the team. You're not helping them in any way. And it's a horrible feeling to come to terms with because you're playing for your country, you love playing cricket for England and it's your life. But to actually come to that conclusion is possibly the most sobering uh, decision I've ever had to make. It It was horrendous. In football, Chelsea are through to the fifth round of the FA Cup after a 1-0 win at home to Stoke City. They'll play Manchester City. It's one of two ties which see the top four of the Premier League face each other. Arsenal against Liverpool is the other one. Everton's Brian Avido will have an operation to repair a double fracture to his leg caused during their 4-0 win over Stevenage at the weekend. The break happened during a tackle with Stevenage player Simon Heslop. 
Luton Town's leading goalscorer Andre Gray has committed his immediate future to the club. He scored a second-half hat-trick during Luton's 3-0 win over Nuneaton. He says he told his agent he wasn't interested in any offers. It's where I want to be at the moment. I want to get us out of this league and um, that's my main objective. We're top of the league, I'm scoring goals and it can only get better for us. Me leaving in January would just be stupid really. Like I said, um, I've always had one job to come here and score goals and get us out of this league and, um, and I think it'll happen this year. So until that happens, I'm, my mind is made up. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. <clears throat> That's the throat cleared. We're ready to go. 08459. Four double five, five double five. Lots to talk about this morning, including uh, do, do we have any uh, respect when it comes to the care of our elderly? We're talking about an elderly gentleman who we're, we're not giving away too many details. We don't want to ruin his anonymity, but he lives in Bedford and he has a carer going in once a day, and his his bed is filthy, filthy. I mean, disgusting. We've seen the pictures. We're not putting them up on Facebook for various reasons, but it's disgusting. Do we have have we lost respect? When it comes to caring for our elderly, 08459 four double five five double five, uh, and smoking. It looks like a, a council is going to vote tonight to, as to whether they should put signs up saying, please don't smoke, it's a, it's a playground for goodness sakes. It seems obvious to me, you don't smoke near kids. Um, on the Facebook page, Wade says, about time, it should be banned everywhere children play or hang out. Although, to be honest, the, a lot of the kids are doing it themselves. Stop all smoking outside or near any entrances where young children or people have to walk through, like shops or parks. Uh, Drake says, let's be blunt about it. If you're under 40 and have ignored all the anti-smoking messages, you have to be pretty stupid. Peter says, as with a lot of things today, we are plagued with, we will bombard you with spurious advice that you should do this, that or the other, because we think that if you don't, it is bad for you. My advice to these small brain jobs worth is to shut up and let the rest of us get on with our lives. Well, Peter, y- yeah, but when um, you getting on with your life is potentially affecting my children's lives and my children's health, then maybe sometimes people do need to step in and say something. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Joe's in Letchworth. Morning, Joe. Oh, I'm angry, Ian. I'm angry. Why are you angry, I'm, Joe? Calm down. I'm, Come on. I'm really angry, but first things first, isn't that isn't that Kelly fantastic, eh? That BBC introducing, that band you played last Friday, oh, they were good. Corder. What are they called? Corder? Corder Marshall. Corder Marshall. Thanks, thank you, Kelly. Weren't they fantastic? I really enjoyed them. I'm, I'm glad you like them, Joe. Do you, want to hear a little bit, do you want to hear a little bit of them now, Joe? Ian's going to play the, the singing nun. No, no, I'm not. Don't play that. That that horrendous nun, please don't. What what is wrong? First of all, you can't call a nun horrendous. That's that's. Uh, I think yes, that's either illegal or sinful. Well, hang on a minute, Ian. I can call her that because we've just established the fact that there is no afterlife and it's just uh, oxygen deficiency to the brain. So okay. the whole thing, yeah. Okay. Would you like to hear a little bit of that quarter martial? I want to hear the whole thing. Here we go. I want to hear all of it. Oh. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Sounds like it's Catherine doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Do it, Catherine. Hey! 
yeah, that's me. It's good. That quarter marshal's good. Like that. <sighs> anyway, listen, not. we all know the brains behind BBC introducing is Gary Floyd, so come on. Oh, no, it's Kelly as well. It's Kelly as well. Okay. That's it. Okay. What else did you call in about? Um, the smoking. <laughs> yeah. Simon Wright, it couldn't be more wrong. Uh, did you like that little bit there? Uh, um, who, hang on, what, 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 who's Simon Wright? Simon Wright, wasn't he the guy, the, the no, pro-smoking was, was Sim- you were it, talking to? It was Simon Clark, so... Ah, damn it, damn it. Now you've got wrong. even angrier. Oh, I'm angry now. I'm, I'm hitting the dashboard. I'm that angry. Oh, blimey. Um, Simon, Simon Clark couldn't have got it more wronger if he tried. <laughs> the, <laughs> Simon Clark, the, wide of the mark. Thank you, Catherine. Why the, um, the, the, the pro-smoking group said that putting signs up has no benefit to health in a playground. Right. That's like saying, drive your car, but don't wear a seatbelt because nothing's bad will ever happen and it doesn't matter anyway. Uh, just... Ooh, angry. Well, his argument is people? his argument is that it's in the open air. He doesn't believe the evidence from the Royal College of Paediatrics and Child Health that says 300,000 doctor visits by children every year are caused by secondhand smoking. He denies that. Uh, yeah, because doctors do get it wrong all the time, don't they? Yeah, he denies that. And he also thinks because you're out in the open air, the smoke dissipates to the point where, if it were harmful, it, it has no harmful properties anymore because it's spread out so much. Oh, right, yeah, so that would explain why the, the, the global temperatures are rising, because what we're actually putting into the air has no effect whatsoever. Yep, yep, go well, on, carry Well, on. Joe, there are some scientists who think that it has no effect whatsoever. There's too many of us on this planet not to have an effect. We, it, we are having some effect, but some of it is natural and some of it is us. What, let's, let's face that fact. What happened to the theory, do you remember this, that it was just cows blowing off? That that's what that's what was destroying the planet and ca- causing global warming. It was cows blowing off, and we should all become vegetarian so that there were less cows being farmed, but pumping methane out of their cowy bottoms. Yeah, uh, uh, that was that is a well-known factor on QI, and it is a, a big fact because we are eating a lot more beef, but we're also shipping a hell of a lot of beef on to other countries as well. So. I think, let's say, but we're farming that. We're growing those cows, so we are having that effect. We are responsible for that. But smoking, I mean, come on in. I see people smoking, uh, parents smoking, pushing their prams. I still see people smoking in the car with their kids. My parents done it, and I hated it. It was horrible, and I'm probably going to suffer as a result from it when I get older. Well, no, well here we go. Look, here's a text from David. My parents chain-smoked in our house in the 40s through to the 80s. Neither I nor my sisters or brothers have suffered ill effects. We are still healthy in our late 60s. Yeah, well, that's just just probabilities um, being rolled out. You look on the flip side of that, if you put all those people and done it out of 100 people, you're going to find more of those people going to suffer from emphysema and lung-related disorders as they get older. Joe, thank you very much indeed. They always get strong reactions, this, including this one from Dave. I'm going to read his text as, as, as written. Here we go again on 3CR. Smoking. What about the evil drinkers smell empty cans drunk that kids see smell to buy? I'm going to read that again. Dave and Luton. Here we go again on 3CR. Smoking. What about the evil drinkers smell empty cans drunk that kids see smell to buy? Anyone? Anyone? James is in Chestnut. Morning, James. Morning. James, what you got for me? Oh, uh, yeah, it's just on the, on the smoking debate, like smoking around children. Obviously, I won't smoke around my door. If I'm going to have a cigarette at home, I'll either go in the kitchen with the door closed or go outside if, if I can. 
But it was just, so, in some cases, I don't think you can avoid it. Like, before my mum died, my mum was uh, a chain smoker. She'd sit in the, in the living room smoking. Uh, and if I hadn't have took my daughter into that environment, she wouldn't have seen uh, her nan. Because my mum was housebound due to illness and that. But she was the older generation. I was, it doesn't affect me. I'm still going to smoke. But, yeah, if I hadn't have took my daughter into that environment, she would never have seen her grandparents. Could your, um, it was your mum, was it, James? Yeah. Could she not smoke, stop smoking for 20 minutes to see your little girl? Yeah, yeah no, that's what I'm saying. Like, obviously, she wouldn't smoke around my, right. my, okay. my daughter. But, obviously, when we're not there, she was smoking. So you'd go in the house, there's there obviously not, it's, it's a cloud of smoke. Yeah, there, yeah. Right? You know what I mean? So, it just, in some cases, I don't think you can really avoid it. And it, they, when these people say, oh, you can avoid, like, we're just smoking in cars and stuff. Oh, okay. I don't agree with that. I don't smoke in the car. If, I, if I'm on a long journey, I'll pull up in the services if I want a cigarette, i have a cigarette there. But, yeah, I just don't think it's avoidable in some cases. In, I mean, I would suggest, James, that the, the, the uh, example you've given yeah. is um, a, a very extreme one. I would, I, I would say that in most cases, it can be avoided. Yeah, I, I, as I say, it could be, but just there's... They kind of say it's avoidable all the time. There's a lot of people like the legislation, bringing the legislation with the smoking in parks and stuff. Yeah. I, I agree. Okay, don't smoke in, in the actual play area where there's lots of children. But if your children are there and you're there all day or you're out on a picnic or something like that, you, you, you're a smoker, you're going to have a fag. So you're going to be in and around that area somewhere. Don't you think it's sad? And I, listen, I'm an ex-smoker. I know what I know what it's like to to be bust in for a fag. Yeah. But don't you think it's sad that for the sake of your children, you can't even go a long car journey, or you can't even go a picnic or an afternoon in the park without sparking up? I mean, don't you think that's sad? I suppose it, I suppose it is in a way. Yeah, I suppose it is. But then that's the habit of smoking, I suppose, isn't it? I mean. That's, that's that smoking is more important. Is more important than your kids. No, no, I'm not at all. I'm not saying that. But like, I mean, myself, I probably could go the whole day or, or anywhere. But there's a lot of people that couldn't. There's a lot of people that smoke to excesses. Mm. If you like, I mean, like, I would see smoking. I might smoke uh, twenty cigarettes a day, but there's some people that smoke double or triple that. James, thank you very much indeed. It's interesting, isn't it? He's got the kids in the car. He's on a he's on a journey, and he wants a cigarette. He'll stop at services, and that's the power of smoking. That's the power of smoking, guys. Your priorities get a little bit skewed. Uh, Kelly Betts has got an update on uh, a regular. Well, well, was a regular caller to the show. Kelly, what have you got for me? So, the regular caller is Dave, who was banned. Dave is banned. Dave is banned. We, we'll forget about him. But do you remember uh, John and Dennis, who sounded... And their sister they, Sue. And their Sue. sister Sue. They yeah. sounded a lot... They sounded the same as each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar, similar. sounding to Dave, funnily enough. Uh, one of Dave's um, most popular quotes was, Hell mess. Yes. Have, you, have, you, have you got it? I, I remember Hell mess. It was uh, a real... It was a great description of, of just kind of where we were as a society. Oh, hang on a second. Here we go. Mess. Oh, hang on. It's broken. Hell mess. There he is. That's him. Yeah. We haven't heard from him since before Christmas. Yeah, we all thought... I was getting a bit worried because... Yeah. Um, you fancied he, him. He rang every day. Yeah. Missed him. I gave him a call once. His phone was off. Yeah. Felt 
you know, a bit upset. Okay, we're, we're only here till nine o'clock. Sorry, anyway. Uh, he just, I, I, we had a text in, I rang him back, I said, hell mess, where have you been? He said, oh, I've been listening to um, Luton and Dunstable Hospital Radio. Excuse me? Which is a great radio station. No, they're not. Those guys suck. Hey. He, he's not I in hospital. I used to do a show. Those back. guys suck. They're awesome. And I, do like, I, listen, I do like a bit of hospital radio, but they should only be listened to by people in hospital. Well, not civilians. <laughs> he's a civilian. He's been listening to them. Uh, he's texting today. It's the first time he's listened today in a while. And I said, "Do you want to come on?" No. <gasps> wow, I said, "Why? Why not?" What are those guys no. doing in the hospital radio? I, listen, I do like a bit of hospital They'll radio. I've done it myself. Play some tunes. Right. All right. We're going to play some wicked tunes. Right. We're going to come back. We're, right. Let's do this, and then we're going to. Right. We're going to win this. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Luton, the Pointers Road roundabout looking very congested on all approaches there. And the M40 southbound slower than usual today between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for the High Wycombe Handy Cross roundabout. The M25 anti-clockwise queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. On public transport, First Capital Connect and East Midlands trains have delays of up to 20 minutes possible between Bedford and St Pancras International. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 7.46, Monday the 27th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Neighbours are concerned about an elderly man who's been left to sleep on soiled sheets at his home in Bedford. A murder inquiry has been launched after a 19-year-old was stabbed to death on Saturday night in Bedford. In football's League Cup, the fifth round will see Chelsea play in Manchester City and another team play another team. 08459 455 555. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a chilly start to the new week with temperatures just hovering above zero. Some places snuck a touch below, so many places actually have a little bit of frost this morning. But uh, we've got some showers on the way. They're already making their way across parts of uh, Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire. And some of those could contain a little bit of sleet and snow. Not for long, though, as the temperature rises, they'll turn back to rain. And we'll get some showers through the course of the day, accompanied by quite a strong southwesterly gusty breeze. Maximum temperature struggling up to 6 Celsius, 43 degrees in Fahrenheit. For the time being, the Met Office has issued a yellow weather warning for ice affecting roads and surfaces, untreated roads and surfaces. That's valid until 10 o'clock this morning. Overnight tonight, cloud, more rain, I'm afraid, some prolonged heavy showers for a time. Temperature staying relatively mild, though, compared to the night we've just had. Three, maybe four Celsius, so above zero. For tomorrow, more showers on the way. Again, some of those heavy, quite a strong southwesterly breeze. Temperature struggles again. We're looking at a maximum for Tuesday of just seven Celsius. If you've got a problem with a company, a council or an organisation... Get this roofing company round, see if they can fix the problem and I'll pay the bill. We said, yeah, I did say that. The JVS Show fights for your rights. This conversation went round and round and round. And tackles your consumer problems. So, Roy, the question is, has he paid the bill? Yes, and he was standing there and he handed me an envelope. So I just opened the envelope and I looked inside of it. There's a cheque for £120 and that's it. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk Are you happy? Yes, I'm quite happy. I will give him my fanfare, my horn and any other problems, Roy, you know where I am. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey guys, cheer up. You're listening to BBC Three Counties Hospital Radio. Yeah, I know. 
Here's the Smiths with Still Ill. I decree today that life is simply taking and not giving England is mine. You see, we could listen. I've got a lot of, lot of time and respect for hospital radio. Of course I have. But, but, come on, we'll... we'll <laughs> We're losing listeners to hospital radio? I don't think you'd be allowed to play this on hospital radio. I think they're only allowed to play this there's lots of songs that you're not allowed to play yeah, on hospital radio do you know that yes what are the songs you can't play um stairway to heaven knock oh. on wood yep. living in a box oh dear others there are strange rules like that aren't there yeah. i did uh, a little bit of hospital radio a couple of years ago great ormond street it was awesome did you? yeah i did and um uh, i would just get the kids to phone in it was kind of like this show mm. right but with kids and so with you'd have two kids. with real kids <laughs> <laughs> let's try that let's get kids on it was brilliant and then you just have two kids on the line at the same time arguing with each other Aww. and like you know they're in, oh, it was fantastic but, but for a professional BBC local radio station to be losing listeners to hospital radio, that's his bad. Uh, listener. Naughty, naughty. Listener. Yeah. But and also, he's listening to us today. But if he's, if, if, if he's not listening, his brother's not listening, and his sister's not, not listening. listening. Mm. That's bad news. Bad news. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Uh, now the director of Age Concern Luton says the town's parking needs a dramatic overhaul. Colette McEveney uh, joins you on the line now. Colette, what's the problem? Morning, Ian. Morning. Hi. Well, it's it's basically um, something that's blown out of a tweet that we sent out just before Christmas. Uh, we've got a parking bay in King Street, which is exactly opposite our office, and um, the parking bay is always full up with people using CAB or any of the other businesses that are in King Street. And there's a little loading bay a little way down. Now, obviously, uh, we need to use the loading bay quite a bit on a daily basis because we're always taking key safes out, we're always taking um, heaters out to people that need them. And, you know, you can't really carry them two or three streets. They're pretty heavy items. So we got a ticket in the loading bay because, and this is a bit that grated, the doors on the back of the van were closed. Now, it's down the road. You can't leave the back of the van open when you're going between trips. And so from our point of view, it was very frustrating to get a ticket when you were quite clearly loading, but you didn't have the back of the van open at that exact moment. Well, well, well yes, when, when one... I've, I've loaded vehicles before, and when you're loading, you shut the doors while you're off getting your bits and pieces so your car doesn't get nicked. There you go. And that's, that's precisely what we're saying. So we remonstrated... Well, my, my, my staff member remonstrated with the warden and said, mate, you know, you, you, you've got to close the doors. You can't leave them open. People are stick, you know stick things in the back, take things out of the back. You, know, you just don't know what's going to happen. And um, we've still got a ticket. And it's not the first. This has happened to us before. That's what's frustrating. Have you... Right, first things first, Colette. Are you sure... Now, be honest with me. Mm. Are you sure that you're just loading in that loading bay? You're not parking there? Yeah. I mean, we were there under 10 minutes. OK. And basically, um, I mean, if, if you have a look at our Twitter feed, you'll see that um, the key safe boxes, they're huge, you know. They're full of, like, about 24 key safes. And they're really heavy to lift. Yeah. Um, they're also quite valuable, you know, and they're not even our stock. We're fitting them on behalf of the council, so we really don't want to get nicked. But equally, the heaters are our stock. And, you know, at a time like the moment, um, when maybe people are a bit hard up, you know, you can whip down to cash converters with the heater, you know, get, put it in there, get a few quid for it, I don't know. But also, we have tools, you know, we have to load up with the tools, because clearly to do the jobs, we've got to have tools each You can day. get a few quid for heaters. 
you can get a few quid for heaters, you can get a few quid for tools. But equally, um, you know, you, when you're loading, you put, our procedure generally is we load the stuff into the van, we come in, we do a final check, who are all these things going to pick up the paperwork and go? And so on this instance, um, you know, that's what happened. It's just really frustrating from our perspective. Have you appealed these tickets with the local council? Because surely you, they, 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 they won't stand. No, 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 they do stand. And here's, oh. here's the thing. Um, it's a break of the regulations. And this is the whole point of why I'm cross. Yeah. Because basically I think it's a bit of a silly regu- regulation. You've, you've said yourself, you know, um, when you've loaded fans, you've got to close the you know, the back of the van between trips. But equally, um, we use the parking bay. You know, it's not like we're trying to get something for nothing. We use the parking bay. We've got been ticketed in there, um, you know, when we're picking up stuff. Because, you know, we've only recently had the vans. Before that, we we moved all our stock around in our private cars. And, you know, we've had tickets in in the parking bay there. Admittedly, that's fine because, you know, you've gone over the 15 minutes it takes you to load or whatever. You know, that's the regulation. I just don't think the regulations are very sensible. And it seems to me that, um, you know, I, I have volunteers and care workers all around the town. And over the course of a year, we'll pick up quite a few tickets, not because people are parking irresponsibly, but because there's actually um, nowhere to park, for example, near an elderly person's house. Mm. So you're having to park right up on the double yellow lines to get them into the house. Um, rather than actually, you know, sort of parking halfway down the road and walking a frail person. Ah, so it's more than just this loading bay. It's yeah. it's when you're actually going to visit uh, c- clients. Yeah, and it's not just fussy. And here's the thing. I mean, other care workers, other volunteers, even people visiting their own mums and dads say to us, this is frustrating. And, you know, I, I understand the council's arguments about keeping traffic flowing. I understand the council's arguments about, you know, people trying to park wherever they like willy-nilly. But to an extent, things are changing. We've got this multi-million pound busway that was supposed to relieve all the congestion we've got everybody being offered a bike shed for bikes that your staff might be using um from the council you know you've got all these initiatives going on surely it's time to review whether we need quite so many parking restrictions in quite so many areas but the council can't change the part. You know, they're not going to change, get rid of double yellow lines near some uh, some elderly people's houses just to make it easier for their their grandchildren to come along and see no, them, are no, they? No, you're quite right. But this is again why I kind of I'm asking about the wider debate. Do we need all these double yellow lines that we've got everywhere anyway? I mean, if we're in a highly residential area. What is the value of double yellow lines in a highly des- residential area? One of the um, arguments is, you know, oh, this is a school nearby or something, or people might park near that school. Okay, but we've got all these other initiatives now. Are people still taking all their kids to school? You know, um, I don't know. Guess what I'm asking for is, you know, could we, could we sit down and look at some of the regulations? For example, the back of the van one seems completely pointless to me. I mean, anybody has to close the doors between loads. That, that, that's, that's a given. If you're not overstaying the 10 or 15 minutes you would normally have to load, then I don't see why whether the van doors are open or shut really should be an issue. Colette, listen, while I've got you on, we were talking this morning mm. about a, a case of an elderly gentleman. Yeah. And I don't want you to talk about this specifically. I want to go in, into more general terms, but just to set the scene. We're talking about an elderly gentleman um, who uh, his, he gets a care visit once a day. His neighbour went in one day and saw that basically his bed was filthy. We've seen the pictures. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's so sad. Yeah. Do you think that we as um, uh, a a nation have kind of lost respect and concern for elderly people and vulnerable people? Absolutely. I mean, mean, this this is even part of what I'm saying here. You know, thinking about we've got more disabled people living in the community. Years ago, most people with disabilities would have gone to a care home if they were elderly and couldn't look after themselves. Now we say they've got their independence, they've got their own front door, they live in the community. But... 
we're not giving them the level of care they would have had if they were going into a care home. Even the worst of care homes, you'd have seen more people about during the course of a day mm. than you would if you're some older people living at home. And I mean, this is the thing. I mean, in that case, we would love to know about it because what we can do is talk to LBC, um, get him a care review and get more people, you know, get more care calls. Mm. But to be honest with you, it is absolutely dreadful because many of these people are quite frail. They're on just, you know, maybe as, as little as an hour two hours a day of calls going in, it's almost impossible to keep people living really well with a high level of dignity. And what can you do, Colette, if people are reluctant, as, as they often are because they have pride and they yeah. don't... They, if people are reluctant to accept help, how much can you do? It's, that, that, again, is very difficult, but we need to be stripping it back. We need to be thinking about why are people finding it difficult to accept help. And you know yourself, Ian, sometimes it's the way you ask. You know, sometimes it's saying, well, you'll be all right, won't you? As opposed to, you know, um, okay, would you, you know, would you like? Or it can be, for example, that you make people feel like they're not coping. Mm. If they feel like you're not coping, yeah. Um, I mean, somebody said to me the other day about um, he was looking after his mum and he was feeling that he was doing a really bad job. And a nurse came in and she put her arm around his shoulder and she said, you're doing a brilliant job. And it was the first time he'd actually thought, I'm doing a good job. Mm. Up to that point, he'd been reluctantly, you know, um, sort of, you know, talking to anybody, saying, you know, I won't take any more help, you know, we don't need it, we're fine on our own, and feeling he had to do more and more. The minute he realised he was doing not a bad job, but he could do a bit extra, you know, with more help, um, it changed it for him. So sometimes it's in the asking. Colette, I, I appreciate your time this morning. I hope your, your parking situation improves. It's Colette McKeveney, Director of Age Concern Luton, 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number. Uh, if you want to uh, give us a call, facebook.com forward... But I, I've deleted my Facebook page. I've deleted... I'll, I'll tell you about that in a second. I've actually deleted my Facebook page. And already, the weight of the man on my shoulders has lifted considerably. I'll tell you more about that after the news at eight. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 southbound, very slow now between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe. The M25 anti-clockwise is queuing between 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. On public transport, First Capital Connect and East Midlands trains have delays of up to 20 minutes possible between Bedford and St Pancras after a signalling problem. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. You didn't believe that I've deleted my Facebook page, did well, you, Catherine? It has been done before, hasn't it? No, it was suspend. I suspect I suspended it before. Yeah. Now it is deleted. It is gone. It is no more. Oh, what are we going to do? Well, you, no doubt you'll still bombard me with abusive texts and uh, emails. Oh yeah, fair enough. There you go. You see. Coming up, smoking. It should be banned in children's playgrounds. Of course it should. And just the saddest story about an elderly gentleman and the conditions he's having to live in. All of that coming up after the news with Jane. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's eight o'clock. I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. Concern over the care of an elderly man in Bedford. Murder investigation after teenager stabbed to death in Bedford. And man wanted by Hertfordshire police arrested after officers shoot at a car. BBC Three Counties Radio. Neighbours of an elderly war veteran in Bedford are becoming increasingly concerned for his welfare. Although he receives care visits to his home at lunchtime, his bedsheets have been left soiled for weeks and nobody helps him wash or change his clothes. The council say they're looking into it as a matter of urgency. Chief Executive of Age UK in Bedfordshire, Karen Perry, says it's difficult to help someone who doesn't want to be helped. Some people can be very resistant and at the end of the day, if somebody is resistant and that somebody has full mental capacity, whether the terminology is sort of full mental capacity, then they have a right to make decisions about where and how they live. A murder investigation has been launched after a teenager was stabbed to death in Bedford. The 19-year-old, who's yet to be identified, died after an attack in Costin Street on Saturday evening. A 20-year-old man has been arrested on suspicion of murder. Police want to trace a number of people thought to have run from the scene. A man has been arrested on suspicion of attempted murder in Hertfordshire. Kay Williams was wanted in connection with a shooting last October in Sainsbury's car park in Hoddesdon when shots were fired at the windscreen of a pickup truck. The 19-year-old from Essex was in a car stopped by armed police in Crawley this weekend. From Sussex, Angus Morat reports. It was just after 2.15 when officers from the Surrey and Sussex Tactical Firearms Unit stopped a vehicle in London Road. Rounds were fired into the tyres to bring it to a halt. No one was injured. Three people in the vehicle were arrested, one man on suspicion of attempted murder in Hertfordshire and a man and woman on suspicion of harbouring an offender. A man from Luton accused of murdering his 70-year-old sister-in-law is due to appear in court today. 56-year-old John Evans is accused of stabbing May Evans to death inside her car in Trent Road. Mrs Evans had married his brother just six weeks before her death. Work begins on two major development projects in Bedford today. Both the bus station and town hall are being demolished. The Agnew has the details. Bedford Town Hall has stood empty since the Borough Council moved to the old County Council building. It's being knocked down and replaced with a new shopping area called Riverside North, which includes a multi-screen cinema and homes. And nearly £9 million is being spent replacing Bedford Bus Station, a project that's been planned for the past 30 years. In cricket, former Bedfordshire spinner Graham Swan has told the BBC he decided to retire from cricket during the recent Ashes series because he was playing so badly. Swan quit cricket after the third test. The weather, a mix of, mix of scattered showers with clear or sunny intervals. Those showers will sometimes be heavy with temperatures up to 6 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about on the show this morning. We've been contacted by the neighbours of an elderly man from Bedford. They were so shocked at the conditions he's been left living in, despite having regular visits from a carer. Well, are we neglecting the elderly and the vulnerable in this country? Keen to hear your stories. Also, it looks like notices may be put up in several playgrounds to stop people smoking in front of the kids. Oh, really? Listen, if you smoke in a playground, these are ones in parks, then shame on you. 
Shame on you if you smoke in your car with your kids. And oh, those trashy parents that push buggies along whilst they've got a fag on. Disgusting. Facebook.com. I think I have enough. Thank you, Kelly. Facebook.com forward slash. Maybe one more. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or, 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 we've had some great phone calls this morning. The best way to get in touch is on the telephone, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford Borough Council is promising to investigate, as a matter of urgency, the treatment of an elderly war veteran. We were contacted by the pensioner's neighbours, concerned that he's being left to live in squalor, despite receiving a daily care visit. Well, his bedsheets... I've seen the picture of this. It's it's so tragic. His bedsheets have been left badly soiled for weeks, and no-one helps him wash or change his clothes. Well, Baroness Sally Greengross is Chief Executive of the think tank, the International Longevity Centre, and former Director General of Age Concern. When you hear stories like this, Sally, what's, what's your reaction? Well, it's a horrific story and very, very sad. Um, I actually think that this gentleman's human rights are probably being breached, but that's beside the point. Um, However difficult, and it sounds, obviously I don't know the details, but it sounds as if he's a very difficult gentleman to work with. Mm. But however difficult, we need staff who provide care, who are able to cope with people who resist help and who apparently don't uh, react in the way that the care staff would find um, acceptable. And in that case, what we need is much better trained staff, given a little bit more time and learning how to cope with people who resist the sort of care that they need. It it just is something that happens. The the, the thing that that, that strikes me about this story is this gentleman, he's living on his own, but he he does have a carer going in once a day for 30 minutes. And I've seen the notes the carer has left. Had toast, had chat, everything okay. Now... Everything obviously isn't okay, and it's not enough, is it, just to do that? It's not enough to do that. I think what you're talking about here is staff who are not adequately trained. Um, You know, we don't care for people because they're nice or because they're difficult or because they're accepting care. We have to have very highly trained staff who can cope with a situation like this. And I'm afraid that most people don't have the time or the knowledge. It's very difficult to do that. And thinking more widely across the board, we need people working in care who actually are, have, have better pay mm. and better status in our society yes. because these jobs are so difficult to do. And for any local authority, these are the sort of cases they come up with all the time. But it's difficult, so you need very highly trained, highly respected and skilled staff who can deal with it. Now, I don't know this 
this, the details of this case, but it seems as if the opposite is true. These are people who don't know how to care for this gentleman. And you're right. As someone who has, has seen uh, home care firsthand for a member of my family, they aren't paid very much. You're right. They don't have. They have very little respect in in, in terms of how we we look at them, the carers. Uh, and and I, normally I don't make a thing, a, a point about people not speaking English very well. Normally I don't. But I do think if you're dealing with elderly people or um, uh, the, the, the vulnerable disabled people, that person's got to understand what's being said to them. Absolutely. The, the care needs to be tailored to the person in need, mm. not... Um, really tailored to the care worker and unfortunately in this case and I I can't comment in detail we don't know but it sounds as if this isn't the case you cannot say um, you know, everything's okay when the situation is what you describe. We are an ageing population. We are all going to live longer and longer. There are going to be more elderly people. Is neglect of the elderly becoming more common with, with, with an increasing ageing population? I don't know. I don't know if it's becoming more common. What is certain is that we don't spend enough money on care. So it will get worse and worse if we don't do something to make sure people are cared for better. There is some legislation going through Parliament at the moment, the Care and Support Bill. This will or should improve things somewhat. But unfortunately, local authorities haven't at the moment got the funds they need to be able to provide the level of care. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's going to cost a fortune. And I know that that for social care, uh, the onus is on the person receiving the care if they have a certain amount in assets. But not everybody can afford that. And and it doesn't seem that that people are prepared, (coughs) the government are prepared to invest the money that's going to be required. Well, I think there will be increased rights for people when this bill becomes law to make sure that they do get better care. We just have to make enough money available, uh, sorting out the money, because it is a lot of money, but it's nothing compared to what we spend on other things. And there will be a shift away from hospital care towards this type of community care. And the money just must be made available to make such care of a quality we can be proud of, and not as sounds as if it's the case here, ashamed of. That's quite dreadful. We can't be ashamed of how we treat people, regardless of their personality, regardless of what their history was. They are just people in need. We have a public duty to care for them. I really appreciate your time this morning. That's Baroness Sally Greengross, who is Chief Executive of the think tank, the International Longevity Centre, former Director of uh, Director General of Age Concern, talking about this gentleman who lives in Bedford. I've seen the pictures of his bed. It's disgusting. No criticism of him at all. Criticism of a care system that allows an elderly gentleman to live like that. Carer went in. There was a complaint that there was no um, duvet. So was it? There was no duvet. So they put they put a duvet on, but they didn't change the sheets. How you could put a duvet on top of that, I do not know. Couldn't couldn't put put a duvet on. We couldn't find a clean bed sheet. Well, you can't leave that there. Even if you, at the very least, even if you just brush it down, even that hadn't been done. You take that bed sheet. Take the sheet off. If I was doing that job, and I know, but if I was that carer that was going in, I'd go. How much does a cheap sheet cost? Get a sheet for a few quid buy one. I know the responsibility is not on the person to do that, but as a sense of humanity... Don't you report that upwards? Yep, yep. If that you, was my care agency, I would want to know that was going on and do something of, about it. Instead of writing on the sheets, as I've seen some of the sheets, had chat, everything okay. Every single day, uh, had chat, everything okay. Well, everything isn't okay. 
And again, I'm not knocking this person. They are probably on minimum wage and they've got a, a, a dozen other people they've got to see that day. But then that just shows how flawed the care system is. And I never, I'm never one of those kind of um, Daily Mail, Nick Ferrari type people. Oh, you've got to come over. If you're going to work over here, you've got to speak English. I don't really care about that generally. But I do think if you're caring for old people who may struggle to hear and understand anyway... Yeah, actually, you do need to speak English to a really, really good level. And a lot of these carers that go to homes don't. And I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong. Very sad. We've got it all screwed up. 08459 555 is the uh, telephone number. If you want to give me a call on that. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, dear. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. The thing is, it's going to... Oh, it doesn't affect me. I'm in my 40s. It doesn't affect me. I'm in my 30s. It will do one day, potentially. It will do one day. Earlier on in the show, we were speaking to Colette McKeveney, Director of Age Concern Luton, who is upset that uh, her vehicles have received parking tickets in the loading bay. Greg's in St Neots. Morning, Greg. Morning. Greg, what's your suggestion? Right. Uh, why don't they apply for a blue badge as a, as a shop? I.e. Age Concern. If they apply for a blue badge, they should get it because of what they do. And if they don't, I'd query that. I don't. Well, uh, can shops get blue badges? Yes, yes they can. H- how do you know this? Because my local blind society has a blue badge. Now, is that because my... the person driving the vehicle is uh, in any way impaired? No, but they're dealing with people that are impaired. Oh. And also our local. And vocal. Our local runabout bus, yeah, um, which works for one of the housing associations, has a blue badge as well if they need it. I, I'm googling this. I've never heard of this. That, that shops can. Uh, 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 it depends what the shop does. Obviously, yeah. I say it's no good. Tesco's applying for no. one. <laughs> Although, it, 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 let's be honest, it would be handy for the deliveries, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, but the thing is, they they earn money out of it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Greg, it's a good suggestion. We will put that to Colette McKeveney. Although I would have thought... Colette's Colette's normally pretty on the ball, isn't she? She's pretty clued up. She knows what other people's rights are. I'm sure she'd know what hers are. She would have... Maybe maybe this one has slipped her by. We'll we'll, we'll send her a little cheeky email. Not a cheeky email. That would be inappropriate. We'll send her a a non-cheeky email. A friendly email. Well, again, friendly. That can be misconstrued. Well, your friendly can. Well, hey, we'll send you send her an email. I will. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine, four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give me a call. Facebook, yes, yeah, so I've deleted my Facebook page. Now you can still go to facebook.com forward slash Ian Lee official. That's still up there. But my personal Facebook page, it has gone. I have deleted it. I don't want to play um, Mafia Wars or um, Farmville or any of those. People still poke people on Facebook. I don't know. I don't think pokes are, are still there anymore. But it's gone. I've got rid of it. The freedom, the freedom, Kelly Betts, mm. for not having my Facebook page is wonderful. You keep talking about it, though, so I think you're missing it. Well, I, no, no, I'm like a, 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 someone who's given up smoking. I'm converted. I'm preaching now that you should abandon... Can I suggest you give up for more than five minutes before you start preaching? Because we've seen this before, haven't we, Kelly? Mm. It's, it, it's deleted. It's deleted. But you still have your Ian Lee official. Yeah, I one. have that. But, I, but yeah, I have that to Is promote. that like only smoking when you go out? <laughs> you too. So, thanks for the support, guys. Really appreciate the support, guys. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. 8.15, let's get the travel with Alice. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 southbound, much slower than usual today between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe. The M25 anti-clockwise queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. On the speed sensors, the A41 southbound heading towards the M25 is queuing from Apsley. And on public transport, First Capital Connect and East Midlands trains have delays of up to 20 minutes between Bedford and St Pancras. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, 8.16. It is uh, Monday, the 27th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. (laughs) Neighbours are concerned about an elderly man left to sleep on soiled sheets at his home in Bedford. Notices are expected to be put up in the Rickmansworth area to stop people smoking in children's playgrounds. In Football's League Cup, the fifth round will see Chelsea play Manchester City and Arsenal take on another football team. Good luck to all those guys, particularly if uh, one of your teams is playing there. The weather, feeling cold with sunshine and heavy, sometimes thundery showers. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tomorrow night sees more live football here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Moves with a chance to make it two, and he has made it two. We've three games for you to choose from, so you can listen to MK Dons. It's a dream first half for MK Dons. Stevenage. Hakins with the shot, and he tucks it in. Or Wickham. McClure tries a shot into the back of the net. Wickham lead. They've been pressing, and now they've got the lead. Choose your team with Three Counties Sports tomorrow night from seven, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith is here. Morning, Jonathan. Morning. Nice shirt. No, now, listen, you're the second person to say that. The shirt is going. Right, I don't... No, I think this is a perfectly good shirt uh, you have on. Uh, it's too small. It's a bit tight. It's... Fitted. Uh, it, yeah. It's a little bit old, and I just... I just a bit tatty. I need, I've got too many shirts. Have you? Yeah, I have. Lucky I a you. High-class problem. Gosh. This yeah. one's got... I threw a shirt away last night. I'm throwing... I've got rid of Facebook as well. You got rid of Facebook? I've deleted my Facebook account. Oh, why have you done that? Because I don't want the man knowing what I get up to. Oh. And also, it's just, it's just an addiction. It's like going home and, and smoking on a crack pipe or something. It's very, very Moorish. Really? Yeah. Oh. I can't say I look at my Facebook very often. Most people put boring things on there. Don't, don't they? Oh, gosh. Don't they? Yes. My friends who've all got children, I mean, sorry if they're listening, but it's just, you know, oh, picture of the baby, the yeah. baby rolled over today. Oh, look yeah. at the baby. Yeah. You know, it's like I constant updates about babies. Yep. Yeah. Facebook serves no purpose. And once people realise that, the world will be a freer place. It's good for organising dinner parties. You can copy in a few friends. I've never been copied into... One well, of your dinner party invites. Well, I can't, can I? You've uh, well, it was only, Facebook. I only did it at the weekend. <laughs> I, oh. oh. What's on your show today? Coming up on uh, this morning's big phone-in, do you think top earners should have to pay 50% tax? Labour's shadow chancellor, Ed Balls, says he'd raise the top rate of tax to 50p in the pound to help pay back the country's debt. He claims the Labour Party is pro-business, but rich people must pay more tax if we're going to close the budget deficit. 24 of the country's leading businesses have already written an open letter to Mr Balls criticising the policy, which they say would probably lead to companies laying off staff. 
Well, many people listening may feel those who earn the most in society should pay the most tax, but is it time we accepted that big taxes are bad for big businesses and that uh, they tend to contribute so much to our country and this would be bad news? From Nine this morning, your views on this. Do you think top earners should have to pay 50% tax? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call this morning. Uh, you can also go to uh, Facebook. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Justin, put put some headies on, mate. Get some headies on your head. I've just looked next door, and Justin Dealey is. What's going on, mate? What's up, boss? We, we've got a feature coming up in about what two or three minutes. Yeah, but hang on a bit. You weren't in the last hour. Yeah. You, you're in the studio. Mm. I know the car's broken, but go out. Go out. I've been out. But stay out. Well, I need to come and talk to you about what I've done. It's good. I'm not pleased. Our listeners won't be pleased when uh, they hear the piece either. I can assure you. That was good. That was that almost redeemed it. Then, well done. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Barry's in uh, Houghton Regis. Morning, Barry. Morning, Barry. What have you got for me? Well, I was just saying um, this um, poor chap in in Bedford who needs regular care. Yeah. It isn't just a question of ooh, let's change his bed sheets or whatever. No. It's all the extra stuff. If uh, um, the care workers would need to know where his clean sheets are or have a supply of their own sheets to put on, who washes the sheets afterwards, who dries them, who does that other stuff, iron them, all the rest of it, all the other extra stuff. If he's just having care workers for one hour or so... 30 minutes a day. 30 minutes, half an hour each day. You can't do a lot apart from feed someone. And it's all the ancillary care that people need when they get elderly. And and the talk... I mean, I, as it happens, visit people who are elderly. And um, often it, it's it's not just someone going in to care for them for meals or whatever. It's all the ancillary stuff that they need families and and all sorts of things it's just a real sorry situation we're getting into you're right it, 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 the 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 dirty bed is kind of uh, the the uh, symbol the symbolic uh, idea of what's going on but but with any sense of humanity barry if someone is going in for 30 minutes a day and they see the state of this bed i've seen it it is disgusting right even if they couldn't do something themselves although i would find it hard not to They'd have to report it up. Instead of writing on their report, uh, gave him toast, chatted, everything okay. You would have to report that up, wouldn't you? Well, of course you would. But it, it's, this, it's the um, people further up the tree to make sure inspections are done, um, whether they've got the right to go into other people's houses. There's all sorts of extra things that, that are the problems. Whether people have got... To, whether their eyesight is failing, whether their hearing is failing... And we're just not coped up, we're not, just not um, equipped to do that sort of thing these days. Everybody passes the problem on to somebody else. Barry, I'm going to end it there because we have time, but thank you very much indeed. Uh, I want to get this in before half past eight. Uh, play areas across southwest Hertfordshire could soon get signs telling smokers not to light up in front of children. Three Rivers District Council could give the go-ahead for the young lungs at play notices when they vote on their proposals tonight. 
Well, Bernard Lovewell is the Conservative councillor in charge of environmental health at North Hearts District Council, where a similar scheme is running. Morning, Bernard. What success have you had? Hello, Ian. Good morning to you. Well, we introduced our scheme two years ago, and we were the first authority in Hertfordshire to do so. Um, and uh, we have um, notices up at all our 51 um, play areas uh, for, for children, and it's been very successful. I think most people have heeded these uh, notices and, um, and have abided by them. It seems odd to me that you need to put a notice in a playground saying, Oi! Don't smoke. There are kids here. It's common sense, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you all the way there. I mean, I, I, it's completely irresponsible to smoke anywhere in the vicinity of children anyway. So why you should do it in, in their own particular um, area um, where, where, where they play, um, it, it, it defeats, um, you know, all, all, all sensible thought, doesn't we, it? We but, spoke but, to Simon Clark from Forrest, who says that things like this, um, that we're picking on smokers, that, that, that stopping smoking in play areas has no health benefits. What's your reaction to that? Well, that, 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 that is uh, foolish as far as I... But everybody knows the danger of smoking. If, if adults want to smoke and run the risk of killing themselves or, or um, in, at the very least, suffering uh, severe medical problems in, in later life, that's up to them. But please, I would ask them, do not inflict it on our children, who are quite innocent. Do you think that this campaign has been successful in your area? Oh, it, it has indeed. As you say, um, it's, uh, it's sad that we have to put notices up to our smokers not to smoke near children, but, uh, yes, it, it, has been, um, it has been successful, and um, we've had no complaints about smokers, and we, we do monitor it. And, uh, as I say, I think uh, the vast majority of, uh, of people have abided by it. Bernard, thank you for your time. That's uh, Bernard Lovewell, the Conservative councillor. Charge of Environmental Health at North Hearts District Council. Well, Justin Dilly, it's a very rare luxury to have you in the mm. studio with me this morning. Here I am. Nice yes. to see you. Nice to see you too. It's excellent stuff. But now you've been out speaking to people about this, haven't you? Yes. Now on Friday, I couldn't find any parents who were smoking in front of their children. I found one this morning. Some yep. very interesting audio coming up here. Um, here's parents and their thoughts on smoking. Here's what happened. Cheryl, you're here with your child today. You've always smoked in front of your children. Can I ask you why you do that? Don't really know. I've just done it all my life, really. I haven't really thought about it. So you don't feel guilty at all? Sometimes, yeah, I do feel get prang of guilt, but yeah. You just carry on anyway. Well, yeah, I do. Sorry. I mean, do people look at you in a in a strange way for for smoking in front of your children? Has anybody ever said anything to you? Or why are you doing that? No, never. But I have had strange looks. Because we're talking this morning about a potential ban on on parents smoking in playgrounds. Have you ever smoked? in front of your child in a playground? Never. So what's the difference? If you smoke everywhere else in front of them, why not a playground? I think it's because you see all the little children on the park, at the park and things like that. That's why, really. And the same with school. I've never done it at school either. So those are the only two places where you draw the line, yeah. the playground and outside of school. Yeah. Everywhere else, you'll quite happily smoke in front of your children. Yeah. Morning, madam. You're here with your, uh, your two children this morning, very young. Uh, you're a former smoker. So what's your thoughts on, on those parents who smoke in front of their children? I definitely don't think they should be smoking in a playground at all um, or, or a park or whatever. Um, but outdoors, if the children aren't right next to you, what can you do? It's, you're not, it's not enclosed, but I don't think you should smoke in front of your children and it does encourage them to smoke. You've got your buggy here today. How often are you seeing parents with a buggy in one hand and a fag in the other? Is that something you see quite often? Yeah, every day, every day. I used to do it myself. Um, like I say, you know, it's just you don't think when you're outside, you don't think that you're passing that smoke on to your children. 
It is a regular occurrence. You just see it a lot. I'm a little bit shocked by that first mm. person. Mm. Why do you smoke in front of your kids? I don't know. I hadn't really, yeah. I hadn't really thought about it. Incredible. Um, she was doing it this morning. She's been doing it all of her life. And as a child said to me, Mum, please, you know, can you stop this? But, wow. um, you know, she just carries on regardless. The second lady there says that every single day she is seeing parents walking down the high street, a yeah. buggy in one hand and a fag yeah. in the other. Oh, wow, I see that's it a lot. Really shocking. I see it a lot. I see it a lot. I tell you what I saw the other day. Dad had a kitty on his shoulders. I love carrying the boys on, the, on my shoulders, A, because it's fun, B, because it's much easier than lifting them otherwise. He had a cigarette. He was, so the smoke's going straight up oh, to the boy. It's I think incredible. it's awful. Yeah, but how many parents, again, listening right now, see other parents on the school run? Um, you've got a child who's in the car. They, of course, they've got no choice. If their parents are smoking in that car, they have got no choice. Again, how often is that happening across bed, starts and bugs? Justin, excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. And if you're a parent that smokes in the car with the kids... Or you smoke in the same room as the kids. Or you smoke while you're pushing a buggy. Give me a call and tell me why you do that. Why do you do that? 08459 555 555. It's 8.29. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise, a lane is closed on the exit slip road at Junction 22 for St Albans because a vehicle's broken down. And the M40 southbound still very slow on the speed sensors between 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe. The A1M southbound much slower than normal today. Things are struggling between Junction 10 for Baldock and 7 for Stevenage. And in Clophill, all approaches to the Clophill roundabout looking very slow at the moment. On public transport, First Capital Connect and East Midlands trains have delays of up to 20 minutes between Bedford and St Pancras. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Jane Killick. Neighbours of an elderly war veteran in Bedford are becoming increasingly concerned for his welfare. His bed sheets have been left soiled for weeks and nobody helps him wash or change his clothes despite care visits to his home. A murder investigation has been launched after a teenager was stabbed to death in Bedford. The 19-year-old died after an attack in Costin Street on Saturday evening. A man has been arrested on suspicion of attempted murder in Hertfordshire. He was in a car stopped by armed police in Crawley who shot out the tyres to bring it to a halt. The weather, scattered showers, clear or sunny intervals and a high of 6 Celsius. On to sport and in cricket, former Bedfordshire spinner Graham Swan has told the BBC he decided to retire during the recent Ashes series because he was playing so badly. Swan quit cricket after the third test and said it was a difficult decision to come to. Quite simply, I was awful. It gets to a point when you realise that you're hindering the team. You're not helping them in any way. And it's a horrible feeling to come to terms with because you know, you're playing for your country, you love playing cricket for England... And it's your life. But to actually come to that conclusion is possibly the most sobering uh, decision I've ever had to make. It was, it was horrendous. In football, Chelsea are through to the fifth round of the FA Cup. After a 1-0 win at home to Stoke City, they'll play Manchester City. It's one of two ties which see the top four of the Premier League face each other. Arsenal against Liverpool is the other one. 
Everton's Brian Avido will have an operation to repair a double fracture to his leg today, caused during their 4-0 win over Stevenage at the weekend. The break happened during a tackle with Stevenage player Simon Heslop. Luton Town's leading goalscorer, Andre Gray, has committed his immediate future to the club. He scored a second-half hat-trick during Luton's 3-0 win over Nuneaton. He says he told his agent he wasn't interested in any offers. It's where I want to be at the moment. I want to get us out of this league, and um, that's my main objective. We're top of the league, I'm scoring goals, and it can only get better for us. Me leaving in January would just be stupid, really. Like I said, um, I've got, always had one job to come here and score goals and get us out of this league and, um, and I think it'll happen this year. So until that happens, I'm, my mind is made up. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Swanning. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about. Last 30 minutes of the show. Also, coming up, uh, before 10 to 9, we've got another uh, um, piece from Justin where he's asking, what gets you out of a bad mood? That that research has been done that the thing that will stop you feeling angry or the thing that will make you happy is to go shopping. Retail therapy. It's a genuine thing. It's a genuine thing. But we also know it's only a short hit, don't we? Yeah, and then you can feel absolutely miserable about it. Like filling your face with chocolate. You go out and you buy yourself a new pair of jeans, or you go out and buy a computer, or you go and buy whatever. Yeah, it's, you feel great, you get that buzz, but then you go home when you realise, actually, you are spiritually bankrupt, that by having a new piece of shiny equipment, you're not going to feel better. It doesn't fulfil you at all. And if you're a woman, going trouser shopping is probably the worst thing you can do if you're feeling low. Takes forever, they're never quite right, you just no. feel like got a massive, huge backside. Or is it just me? It's just me, isn't it? <clears throat> yes. OK. 08459 455 505. What makes you happy? What gets you out of a bad mood? Talking about this gentleman who, uh, an elderly gentleman, lives in Bedford. Up until now, up until we stuck our beaks in, um, he was getting one care visit a day, 30 minutes a day, lunchtime visit. And his place is, is dirty. The bed is disgusting. I've seen pictures. It's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Uh, We've had an anonymous text from a care service manager. Couldn't resist commenting. Please ask if the care agency quality checks were made. All carers are trained on duty of care and safeguarding of vulnerable adults. Without knowing the details of this particular case, I still feel this falls under neglect. We must move away from blaming the cuts for everything. According to the regulations, there should be spot checks, quality visits and various other checks carried out to protect and care for the vulnerable. Looks like none of this has been done. Well, it looks like, and again, we don't have the full fact. Looks like this fellow was assessed some time ago. It was decided all he needed was 30 minutes at lunchtime. I would suggest the situation has changed dramatically and he needs another reassessment. Or he needs another assessment. He needs a, a reassessment. Uh, 08459-455-555. Rosie's in Red Bull. Morning, Rosie. Oh, morning. What would you like to say? Oh, I, I don't know where to start with this. Um, well, the, for a start, the, these carers are going... They're going what? Sorry, you dropped out for a second. Yeah, I know. My phone's making funny oh. noises. Sorry. Okay. Um, they're in for 30 minutes a day, but then they're going to be going to other people 30 minutes a day right throughout that day. Yes. So it's going to be very difficult for them to start washing sheets and stuff for every person. Um, you know, I've, 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 it is horrendous, but this is this is the reality of things. It's not good enough, though, is it? Um, it, no, it may not. be the reality, but we need to we yes, need to change it, do you, don't we? Did you did you know that they're, although they're paid minimum wage, the client is charged well over double that 
because I know for a fact because my dad had four visits a day and they were being paid like six pounds or something an hour but we were paying 15 mm. um, so obviously that's wrong I mean if they were paid 15 an hour you know, then maybe we'd, you'd get a better service. What were the carers? Is your dad still getting carers? Or no, is he passed away? Home. He's, he's in a home. home. Okay, now. right. Uh, My uh, mum has 24-hour day care now. What What are the carers like? Very poor, to be honest. I mean, we've just, had, as you say, no no idea of how to sort of coax him into doing anything. Very, um, the language barrier was a problem. The way they spoke was the kind of you know, um, a certain kind of tone to the voice that he didn't like. Mm. They weren't gentle. Now, the people I have now um, are, well, they all, they're actually Filipino people and they're absolutely delightful people. Now, isn't it interesting you mention that? Because um, my wife's Greek, and in Greece, when they're elderly or, they're, or have elderly or, or disabled relatives, they often impl- employ Filipinos. Mm. Now, you can't generalise. Well, we're going to generalise. And the, the Filipino carers are amazing. Yeah. Because they actually, here's, here's something, they care. Yes, absolutely. That's, and that's the difference. Isn't it interesting you raise that? Yeah. No, they call my mum mum. Yeah. And they are, you know, affectionate. They put up with so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, so that, you know, the improvement in her amazing with them. The two examples I give, when my mum had care at home, she's in a care home now, but when she had people going in, the two examples I give were, one carer cooked her lunch, so it didn't cook her lunch, she gave her a bowl of dry pasta. <laughs> didn't know how to cook it. What do you want for lunch? Some pasta. Okay. Gave her a bowl of dry pasta and left it there. The other mm. example is two carers, um, they nicked £3,000 out of her bank account and all her jewellery. One of them got off with it, one of them went to prison. That's the kind of people, mm. and I, listen, and the, uh, some of those carers were excellent as well. There were some that went above and beyond. But there aren't enough checks, there isn't enough training, they're not paid yeah. enough money. Yeah, yeah. And, and they are looking after your mum and dad, my mum, people that we love. Exactly. That's why I've gone down this route, and, and unfortunately the council won't pay towards it because they are not... Um, they don't fulfil all the paperwork yeah. obligations, if you know what I, I mean. I bet it's too expensive for the council to want to get involved. How are you funding it, if you don't mind me asking, Rosie? Well, this is what worries me. I mean, she's funding it, um, and then it's coming out of money that we were sort of going to have in a trust when yeah. she died, but that's yeah. coming out of that. Um, when that's gone, I don't know, it's just heartbreaking. I can't... She's really not home care home material. Yeah. Oh, she's she's she a stubborn old so and so. No, no. She's she's the opposite. Well, she's kind of very um, a bit of a victim, and I think in right. a case like that, she would uh, yeah probably go right under. Rosie, uh, it's a tough situation. Thank you very much indeed. I know for a fact as well, there will be people listening saying, "Well, hang on a second, you, Ian. Hang on, Rosie. You should be doing more to care for your parents. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. I did everything I could for my mum." apart from uh, giving up my uh, career and giving up my relationship and moving back in with her. And I even considered that at one point. Well done, Rosie. It sounds like you're you're, uh, making some tough decisions and you're getting there. 08459 455 555. Matt's in Luton. Morning, Matt. Hello, Ian. How you doing, fella? That's good. How's Margaret? Is she still in hospital? Yeah, well, she's on her... uh, She can't go back into hospital anymore now, Ian. Everything will be done at her home. It's on the final type of stages. Oh, mate, I'm sorry. You know, it's just, we know it's going to happen, but talking about the carers... Yeah. It's nothing to do with the carers. There's, there's such a thing, the firm I had was they had instant action. They would phone up straight away, the office. Yeah. It's all down to management. 
and management is trying to cut back on money. And it's not down to the council, it's the management of the caring home. The management, which is on the other end of that phone, certainly, the, the wages are. Our, the lot I had they were brilliant. They, they had instant action. They'd phone up straight away if there was anything monically wrong. And then she would also log it in a little own handbook, a little handbook. And how good were they, how good are the carers with, with Margaret, with your wife? Brilliant. Were they caring? I had, you know, I had some crappy carers, but I sorted them out. But I had carers. They were brilliant. And for that reason alone, they were brilliant. Because the management was good. Yeah. It's the management. Everything in this country is to do with management. You're right. Do you know what? Your they... job is good because your management's efficient. It's funny. It's interesting you mentioned management. I was talking about my mum, and she had £3,000 stolen off her by two yeah. carers and yeah. um, all her jewellery. And the management sh- was spineless. They didn't want us to take it to the police. They didn't want to... Um, they said, OK, well, we'll stop these women going to your mum. I said, no, 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 no. You'll stop them going to anyone. It was awful. Yeah. And the manager never at one point phoned up my mum. And he, he never phoned up my mum and said, I'm really sorry for what's happened. Never apologised once. And I thought that no, was good. shameful. Shameful. Ian, the other thing about the trousers, Yes, you know? yes. Get Kelly to get all her stuff from TV what? sales. Why? Because you can send it back. I, w- I, will, I will pass on that information, Matt. Catherine and Kelly, get all your stuff from TV sales, your trousers. You can, you can send it back. Oh, can you? That was what Matt was saying, yes. Oh, right. So get it from TV. TV, TV sales, yes. Like QVC and um, home shopping channels, yeah. do trousers. Why not? Uh, Melvin Bragg's on the line. Morning, Melvin. Hello. Turn the radio off, Melvin. It's gone all psychedelic. Hello. Melvin. Can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? I can, no, I can't. Well, how did you know what I asked then? Because <laughs> I can hear you. So, the phone's on Melvin's calling us from, like, um, an acid trip in 1967. Wow. Make your point, Melvin. It's the FA Cup and not the League Cup. Get your facts right. Thank you, Melvin. Goodbye. What's the name of the girl in The Sound of Music? Gretchen. Don't do drugs, kids, because that's what it sounds like in your head. He was uh, calling us after listening to Jimi Hendrix in 1967. Live at the Monterey Pop Festival. Thank you, Melvin. He always likes to correct us. I don't. I don't know anything about football. Is what he's saying true? Kath, you're a big football fan. I wouldn't disagree with Melvin, apart from on matters of musicals. <laughs> we know his knowledge is sketchy at best. He doesn't know a lot, does he? About I was just on the like... phone for yes. the last few minutes, so I missed the last few minutes of radio. Can you update me on what happened? Well, we had a caller from 1967. And if you buy trousers, Kelly, Matt was saying buy them from TV sales because you can send them back. But you can send them back if you get them from a shop or online. Yeah, but if, no, it, no. You, Matt said buy them from TV sales because you can yeah. send them back. Yeah. Just nod and smile, Kelly. Yeah, we'll do that. There we go. Excellent stuff indeed. Let's look at Facebook, shall we? Um, on the, uh, are you irresponsible if you smoke in front of children? Um... Uh, Sophie says, if it's simply a question of being irresponsible if you smoke in front of children, then obviously yes. Even those who smoke don't think that doing so in front of their kids is a clever idea. There is literally no way 
you can defend or justify that or pretend that anybody but the smoker is at fault here. Um, she then goes on to attack Peter Phillips, who doesn't like being... But kind of put, Peter's been putting forward the kind of nanny state argument that we, we're bombarded with what we should and shouldn't do. Sophie says, Peter is exactly the kind of person who would blow... Well, we don't know this, Sophie. I'll read it, but it's a bit of an accusation to make. He's exactly the kind of person who would blow smoke into a baby's face just because he's too big and clever to be told what to do. Unfortunately, people like that, who have no valid argument but can throw out insults and Daily Mail clichés, are always going to exist, and it's a real shame. Because if this country were populated solely by the people who have a clue and aren't fuelled by this chavvy, you-can't-tell-me-what-to-do attitude, then a lot of us would be a hell of a lot healthier. Mark says, uh, unfortunately, I see it all too often around here. Driving children around with babies, toddlers, strapped in the seats with both driver and passenger smoking. And Michael says, trashy parents who push a buggy have a fag in their mouth and a phone to their ear. I've seen it a lot. Now you're thinking about it. (laughs) Now you're thinking about it. You'll see it today. You'll see horrible parents. It's primarily mums pushing a buggy with a fag on. I just think it's one of the worst things you can do. You can give me a call on that in the last 15 minutes of the show. And also, what stops you being angry? What makes you happy? Justin Dealey's been out and about asking people. He makes a lot of people happy. 08459 455 555. It's 815 exactly. 845 exactly. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise, a lane is closed on the exit slip road at Junction 22 for St Albans because of vehicles broken down. And the A1M southbound, two lanes are closed between Junction uh, sorry, between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 8 for Stevenage after an accident. Congestion back to 10 for Bulldog there. Also in Stevenage, Clovelly Way is blocked by an accident. And the A5 southbound, very slow going between Markgate and the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne. On public transport, First Capital Connect and East Midlands trains have delays of up to 20 minutes between Bedford and St Pancras. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Coming up, what exactly are we going to be doing with the money we raised from our swear box? But before that, it's 8.46. It's Monday, the 27th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford Council says it's taking urgent action over an elderly man left to sleep on soiled sheets at his home in Bedford. A murder inquiry has been launched after a 19-year-old was stabbed to death on Saturday night in Bedford. In Football's League Cup, the fifth round will see Chelsea play Manchester City and Arsenal take on Liverpool. Is it the League Cup or is it the FA Cup? Who knows? To be honest, who cares? Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, it's a rather chilly start to the new week. We have a little bit of frost for some this morning, although that does seem to have melted away. Now, the temperature's just above, but around two or three Celsius. We do have some showers working their way towards us, and as they arrive, they could actually turn a little wintry, maybe a bit of sleet and snow mixed in there as the temperature is still right for that. Eventually, though, the temperature will rise. Any showers remaining through the afternoon are likely to be rain. Maximum temperature getting up to six Celsius, 43 degrees in Fahrenheit. Overnight, there's a lot of cloud. 
cloud, also some potentially very heavy showers, but also quite a breeze, a southwesterly breeze uh, pushing those showers through. The minimum temperature, though, because of all that rain, the wind and also the cloud, a little milder than the night we've just had, three or four Celsius. But these showers will continue through tomorrow. Some of them could become a little persistent and heavy, a rumble or two of thunder. The maximum temperature for Tuesday, just seven Celsius. That's 45 degrees in Fahrenheit. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday between 12 and 3, I'm here with a little bit of celebrity. My geography teacher at school resurrected a jazz standard song, which was Won't You Come Home, Bill Bailey. It made me dedicate myself to be trying to be better. I always felt that wasn't quite good enough. Expert advice. Absolutely, you've got it. You've nailed it. I am so happy. Thank you. And loads of really great music. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh. Oh, a little stretch there, sorry. <laughs> I'm on a little stretch. Kevin's in Dean's Hanger. Morning, Kevin. Good morning, Ian. Kevin, what you got for me? Uh, carers, um, I, I've, I've caught the back end of your conversations. Um, and I mean, from my experience, I, I'm a carer. I started caring about six months ago. Um, now, I work for a franchise company. Um, my best mate is terminally ill. He's having the council carers come out to him. Yep. Um, now, a couple of weeks ago, he had four carers by his bedside. All of them refused to get him out of his bed into his chair. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that's part of a carer's role. The carers refused to? Yes. Why, why did they refuse? Uh, they weren't able to do it. I don't know if they if they didn't know how to use the hoist. Right, so he, he had case. a hoist, because I know there is, a, there is a health and safety that carers aren't allowed to lift people, but yeah, he had a hoist, did he? He, he had a your hoist. Right. It, it's ne- it had never been used, oh. um, but it, it was there, and they should have, you know, been been told about all this before they went in. They should have been told yeah. the situation. But, um, you know, as far as the soiled sheets go, if, if me or any of my colleagues were round with a client and the sheets were that bad, we would say to them, you know, the sheets need changing. And I think the problem is, because you don't need a lot of experience to get into caring, I know this because I've been white van man, driving instructor, and sold, sold car parts. <laughs> That's all of my work yeah. in history. And then, and then I got into caring. And I think the lack of experience... And also the lack of common sense and people's perception. Common sense, Kevin. Common sense is, is I think, such a massive thing that's missed. And don't get me wrong, OK? I, I, I'm not knocking all carers. There are some amazing people out there that do, do incredible work, horrible things they have to deal with, and they get on with it and they do a little bit more. But you're yeah. right. Common sense seems to be lacking from a lot of these people. Yes, and the ability to understand what the word caring means, I think, is someone's problem. Kevin, I appreciate your perspective on this. Now, last week, we uh, had a swear box. A little bit of a swear box. Kelly Betts did the least swears. I came third. Catherine it was a very, very potty mouth. Justin Dealey wiped the floor with us. Man alive. He'd make a nun cry. Uh, we raised... How much did we make in the end, Catherine? 27.50, okay. although I think Justin may owe more. Uh, yeah, we're being gentle. 27.50. OK. Uh, in three uh, days, that's quite That's not bad going. We were, and we were going to give it to Tourette's Action. Uh, Tourette Society. Now we and someone, uh, I think it was Sarah, who, who rightly brought us up and said, "Listen, the swearing is is not Tourette's. Doesn't just mean you swear. It's not the only symptom. It's only about ten percent, I think, of people with Tourette's have the swearing thing." 
okay. And we're like, well, you know, is it appropriate to give it to Tourette's Action? We just kind of decided it was. We, you, we, you've been speaking to Tourette's Action, haven't yeah, you, Catherine? Yeah, and sort of asking them whether or not, saying we're not being, we're not trying to take the mickey It's not here. been a joke. It's not been a joke at all. But we just wondered whether you'd accept the money. Yeah. She made the same point um, that Sarah did, which is that not many people with Tourette's actually do the swearing tick. But she'd come on and talk to us about it, but she's not there. Well, maybe maybe something's come up. Is she going to take the money or not? She didn't say. She said she was reticent. They don't normally do swear boxes, apparently. Oh, really? It is 27.50. She's not to be sniffed at. I tell you what, I tell you what, let's give her a a call in the day, see see, see what she says. Okay. If she uh, doesn't accept it, I'll be disappointed, but I can sort of understand their point. But but we haven't, if we've been making light of Tourette's all week, I would totally understand her point. But we haven't. But we haven't been. But okay, if that's their principle. If not, then we'll do, do you remember in the playground where you'd have a penny scramble? Do you ever do a penny scramble? No. Where someone would get a penny, you go, scramble! And they would love it. And all the kids would go, whoa, yeah, penny scramble! And they would try and get the penny. Do you ever used to do that? No. Oh, it was awesome. We used to have some naughty boys who used to glue it to the floor and watch people try to pick it up. Well, why don't we have a £27.50 scramble tomorrow where we will chuck it out and if a charity phones up and wants it, and we'll check that it's legitimate. It's not just, you know, Steve in, in Bedford who wants to buy some tabs or something or the lads that want to go out on the lash. We'll check it's a legitimate charity... Uh, Maybe first one that phones up or something tomorrow can have it. That sounds like a good shout. How's about that? Okay, right. We'll see what happens. Oh uh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Emrys is in Ellsbury. Morning, Emrys. Morning. Morning. We're, th- we're going to speak to Justin in a little bit. He's been out to find out things that make people happy or things that calm people down when they're angry. After a report says that that shopping retail therapy actually makes you happy. What what makes you happy, Emrys? Well, anyway, when I'm uh, when I'm down, I like to uh, get the old Commodore 64 out and uh, put on the old Gremlins, you know, um, type in base game. But yes, it's really fun. No, it's really good. That and the uh, the opening tone with the pong. Oh, why are you why are you phoning up with this this retro porn? You are, you speak on my language, my friend. You speak on my language. The Commodore, for those who don't know, the the Commodore 64 is one of the greatest computer systems. Hey, (laughs) it was the computer that uh, was used in the film War Games to hack into the Pentagon, for goodness sakes. Yeah, yeah, because that was was totally true. Matthew Broderick (laughs) used a computer to hack into the Pentagon. Do you still get yours out and have a little play with it? Yeah, yeah. Um, My brother uh, runs retro events. And uh, we have quite a large collection between us, you know. What, what, what? Sega Saturns, Mega Drives, you know. Justin, sorry, Justin, sorry. a little bit of respect, please. Yeah. Where, where does your brother run, uh, where do you run a retro events? Yes, uh, in Milton Keynes. Um, he, he runs quite, quite a lot of uh, events, usually Friday, Wednesdays. Uh, it's quite, quite popular, you know, loads of people go to it. It's really good. It's really fun. We should go. You, right, you're joking, Kelly. No, I'm serious. We should go. <laughs> Justin, you in? No. <laughs> no. Why not? Because I'm oh, not into computers. Like, hang on a second. Don't tell me to shout. That was a bit rude, wasn't well, it? Well, you, you no, just yawned. No, listen, what, what I would say, if, if that's what you're into, full respect. But when I was a kid, when I was a kid, it was either computers or music. I went for music. You could do what, both. You could do both. No, it, it just bores me. Right. Uh, I used uh, to play Sonic while listening to the radio. Uh, Emrys. Oh, Emrys, Kelly and I are going to come down. <laughs> Let us know when you got an event. I used to I, up until uh, earlier this year. I used to write for Retro Gamer magazine. So I'm. I, listen, I'm. I'm oh, oh yes, I'm, for the last Ooh. three or four years, it's I wrote for Retro Gamer. <laughs> Emrys, send me an email when you got something on, and we'll come down. 
Will do. And we'll, we'll do. bring Justin down as well. Yeah, I was a bit harsh there on Emrys. Lovely were... guy, lovely guy. But, <laughs> but just boring. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Listen, what have you been out and about getting now? Well, you know, we've been talking this morning about uh, when you're in a bad mood, what, what's going to lift your spirits, yep. according to uh, research. And this is proven, retail therapy, going shopping, makes you feel happy it's again. It's a short-term fix. It lifts you out of a bad mood. So I've been asking people this morning for their thoughts, and uh, here's what people have had to say. So, Neil, you're in a really bad mood. A really, really bad mood. What's going to lift your spirits? What's going to make you happy? Oh, it's always listening to some of my favourite rock music. It's got to be. That's the only music for me, rock music. That's got to be Black Sabbath, any, anything from their first two albums, first four albums probably, Black Sabbath, yeah, Paranoid, stuff like that, you know, all the greats, so, and then the other, the other classic bands, Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, you know, Hendrix, of course, but... Uh, and straight talking. away, after listening to that, you're in a great mood again. Absolutely, absolutely, it always works, it always works, never <laughs> fails. What about the singing nun? That's not the kind of music for me. Are you sure? Say. Oh yes, absolutely. Michael, when you're in a dreadful mood, what's going to lift your spirits, sir? Uh, good football match. Who do you support? Luton Town. Correct answer. <laughs> Currently top of the table. Yeah. Can they win the league? Yes, definitely. Morning, sir. Happy Monday to you. Uh, when you're in a bad mood, what makes you feel better? Don't worry. Music makes me happy, yeah. Anything from the 60s, 70s, heavy rock, who, small faces, all that sort of stuff. Great stuff. You mentioned the 1960s there. What about the singing nun? The singing nun? Yeah. Not my cup of tea. Finding a tenor. Finding a tenor? Yeah. How often do you find a tenor? Not, not very often, mate. Not very often. What's all your biggest time. find? About 20 quid. Uh, vanilla milkshake from McDonald's. What about shopping? Uh, vanilla milkshake. Shopping is okay. I enjoy it, but not as much as uh, vanilla milkshake. Milkshake's king. Yeah. Thank you very much. Other brands available. Morning, madam. Good weekend? Yes, thanks. Lovely. What lifts you out of a bad mood? Meeting my friends. Yeah. What do you ladies gossip about then? That'd be telling. That'd be telling. <laughs> you alright? <laughs> so lift, uh, uh, yes, lifted yes. by me to oh, friend. Do you know what? I'm so glad this is radio and uh, our listeners can't see what you're doing. That is disgusting. I saw that in a German film, a 1978 film. Oh, I'm so she yes, meet, yes. meet her friends. Yeah. If I'm in a bad mood, mm. meeting my friends just annoys me. Is it? Yeah, it does. It what, what, what lifts you out of a bad mood? Playing uh, on a Commodore 64. Oh, no, come on. It's Come on, t- you can do better than that. The, oh, what, the monkeys? The monkeys will lift me yes, out. Yes, that's the, good. The Daydream Believer lifts me out of a Home bad and mood. Home and away? What? The television programme? Yeah, Coronation Street. <laughs> Going to Luton Town versus Millwall. You enjoyed that. Was that. one of the worst days of my uh, life. Catherine, what lifts you out of a bad mood? Um, well, they can also put me in it. The children. Oh, no. Because they don't know, do they? No, they no. don't understand all no. your silly grown-up worries. They don't care. Get on with it. No, you're wrong. Play. If I'm in a bad mood, as I was yesterday when I came home from, uh, from Sky, and I got home, I was in a really bad mood and I was really tired. And then um, I was hanging out with the eldest, and he said, what did he want to do? Oh, he, want- he wanted something off me. I said, you're not having it. You're stupid. Go away. I said, right, fine, I'll go to bed then. And then I got into bed, and then he started jumping on the bed and made the, w- the mood worse, That's what I'm saying. And what got you out of that? A nice long sleep, and then when I woke up, the, uh, everybody had left the house. <laughs> the house was empty for the afternoon. Uh, Kelly, what cheers you up? Music. Seriously, even a sad song makes you feel happy. Just what love it, it. What about singing none? Not the singing on. People, people weren't liking that. Is, that. is that signed or unsigned, that music? <laughs> the singing none? No, no, no. We know, we know the singing none. You played the singing none. I did. The, yeah. The, your yeah, Saturday show. Some great feedback, some great comps again. People saying, we want this to be the theme tune to the breakfast show. It's, it's, people love it. It certainly looks like it's going to happen. Yeah. Team, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> right, it's 8.58. Let's get the latest travel news. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the A1M southbound, two lanes are closed between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 8 for Stevenage after an accident. Congestion back to 10 for Bulldock. And the N25 anti-clockwise, a lane is closed on the exit slip road at Junction 22 for St Albans because a vehicle's broken down. And the M1 northbound looking slow between the Milton Keynes junctions, that's 13 and 14. On public transport, First Capital Connect and East Midlands trains have delays of up to 20 minutes possible between Bedford and St Pancras after a signalling problem. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Well, that's it, that's your lot. There is a new podcast. Uh, It was put up on Friday. It's a cracker last week. Do go and get it from the BBC Three Counties uh, website or by going to iTunes. Uh, Quickly, Lisa called in to say that exercise cheers her up. You are... What a weirdo. JVS up next, back tomorrow at six. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday. It's nine o'clock and on today's big phone-in. Do you think top earners should have to pay 50% tax? Labour's shadow chancellor, Ed Balls, says he'd raise the...